I've said it before and I'll say it again. Content is king. So if you have some content you need created, hit up IOPvideo.com. Video production, podcasting, you name it, we can do it. IOPvideo.com. We make things look pretty. Welcome to the Voice Party. We got a very special guest this week. The one and only Gaspar Bernal. Gaspar, introduce yourself to the viewers. Hey, I'm Gaspar. I'm actually one of the hosts of the show. Are you? Oh, oh motherfuckers. So it feels I like know. a I know. I know. I'm a shitty person. Okay. So, yeah, let's start with what What do we think? Uh, 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 oh, okay, wait, wait. Let, let, her, let her know what we're reviewing, first of all. All oh, right. Uh, can you do that? You're better than me at it. Well, okay. So we are reviewing. Uh, it's it's a documentary on Netflix. We're like analyzing. We're analyzing. We're analyzing a documentary on. It's available on YouTube, called Manufacturing Consent. That's free. That's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. I saw it's a Noam Chomsky. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Noam, Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. Um, very one of the this is how the people describe him one of the most important minds in our generation but it's a shame that he's well known as he as much as he should be um i particularly me like i every like some of my favorite okay i'm gonna just little little background on on something i was a huge race against the machine fan huge uh uh bill hicks comedian fan and and um a lot of those people, he was like their biggest influence, Noam Chomsky. Like, if you can see it through their art. Um, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that. I just wanted to say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, it's, I had asked you what, like, what did you know? Because uh, before, before, uh, not too long ago, I didn't know a whole lot about Noam Chomsky. Uh, my brother, he went through this whole, like, kind of uh, intellectual awakening, awakening, if you will, when he started college. And, uh, you know, Noam Chomsky was one of the guys that, that he was getting, he was learning about. And I remember, you know, we would come home late from school at like 11 at night and he wanted to talk to me about these things. And there was a bunch of other guys like uh, Massimo Piglucci and a bunch of other, uh, I don't know, smart people. And he wanted to talk to me it's about totally it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. wanted to talk to me about it. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. It's 1130 at night. I want to go to sleep. I'm tired of, of being uh, in school all day. Like. And so I kind of just ignored him. And very recently, like within the last maybe year and a half, I, I kind of rediscovered him. And actually, um, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, there goes fucking. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I was curious, like what 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 does manufacturing consent mean to you guys? Like, you know, can you can you give it a definition? Well, consent. Okay, so manufacturing consent. It's like. Um, <clears throat> creating this whole idea that we have a choice, that we have yeah. choice. I mean, based on what the film is about, and you know, because when I first, like I said, when I first saw the name, I thought, you know, I didn't know we were doing something on Noam Chomsky. Um, I thought it was like something to do with like the the, you know, the Me Too movement or something like with guys prey on drunk women you know something like the manufacturing consent you know yeah. oh, i thought you know that's what i thought so once i look, actually watched the film it, it, and i i see that he, that's not the original idea 
for his book because mm-hmm. that was the name of his book mm-hmm. something else mm-hmm. uh i forgot what that was now but you know he talked about that in the film it, it's 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 basically it talked about the trickery that the media uses to to kind of make us feel we're free yeah we're free to choose i mean of course it the film is based around like you know the the media and the way the media operates but it's yeah. it's bigger than that cuz you know you can only act in the realm of what you know yeah and yeah. if they minimize that you know then there's no fucking you know we yeah like, I, like especially here in America we see ourselves the way that TV portrays ourselves and when right. you do that it's kind of dangerous cuz we, we see ourselves as free as yeah. middle class as, right as yeah yeah freedom fighters yeah and as far as war goes i mean that, we, there's a lot more to that but we see ourselves as like the underdogs it already for the little man when to the rest hey guys, of the world i have returned i don't i i don't know why i got kicked off but um that's that's okay it gave me it gave me time to usher grandma back in okay yeah, can you hear um, us fine <laughs> can you hear Sorry. us fine joaquin anyway Joaquin, can you hear us? Okay. Um, Dang it! Still audio problems, huh? Yeah. So I uh, just to quote just to quote Bill Hicks one more time. It's uh, if you think you're free, try going anywhere without money. You know. Right. Anyways, but that's I could yeah that that's what I I think of the title after watching the film. I yeah. Mean, that's yeah. It basically how. This whole idea of, of, you know, what we are is, you know, it's what we are to ourselves and what we are to the rest of the world. And to the rest of the world, we're fucking bullies. Not only are we bullies, but we we help little countries bully themselves and whatever, whatever, it, as far as news goes, we're, we're, especially in today's world where it seems like we're getting a lot of news. Right. Okay. Just, just quick question. What year was this made? 1990, I think, or 1989, yeah, something like that. That's yeah. that's before. The I was gonna internet. say, I thought it was in the 80s when this thing was made. So I think it I think like it. Yeah, it was. It's something like 88, 89. I, the book comes out in 88, I think, or 89. Yeah. And the film comes out 90s. right after that. Yeah, it was definitely 90s because I think they were. Uh, <laughs> this this was like uh, during Bush's campaign, Daddy mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Bush, not 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 <clears throat> cocaine Bush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyways uh that's bush yeah. senior yeah 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 so so joaquin what what uh any anything to add on what what manufacturing consent might mean you mean the definition or or the yeah. film itself like the well, definition no, I, of, I, the, I, of the title I, yeah i kind of want to start uh on the what the definition is yeah well you, yes yes and basically well I think that manufacture, the first thing I hear is that something is artificial. Yeah. So the idea here is that we think, because the overall thesis of the film, because I, th- I think the title is the thesis. The thesis mm-hmm. is essentially that we think, we believe that we are not being controlled. Um, we think we have these freedoms, but in, re- in actuality, we don't. And... I I um I think that's 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 what manufacturing and, and it's and manufacturing I mean is deliberately being presented to us 
that we're free. It's not just the fact that we think we're free, but the idea that uh, this feeling of consent, this idea that I am allowing this to happen is a manipulation from an outside force. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's something that is constructed like a Lego set, but yeah. not, not something that is authentic or natural. So that's, that seems to be what, it, what the title means. Yeah. So, so um, in the other video that, that, that I shared with you guys, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. it, it watch it. It says how um, there, were, there were these basically five pillars of it, right? And one of them is, is media ownership. And so in order for this to work, the media needs to be owned by a very narrow group which it's no secret to us. We know, we know that the media is owned by a very narrow group, that narrow group being, uh, you know, rich people. Um, and so I, I think I might've said this in the previous episode, but I'm gonna go ahead and repeat it. So these are the major news uh, outlets, right? You have uh, CNN, which is owned by at and mm-hmm. You have the Washington Post, which is owned by Amazon. You have NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, which is owned by Comcast. You have ABC owned by Disney. You have CBS owned by Viacom CBS, and you have Fox News owned by Fox Corporation. Uh, since we tend to focus on cinema a lot, I also want to talk about the major uh, uh, movie uh, industries. You have Warner Brothers, which is owned wait, by... Wait, wait, is... Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get done with your list, um, I didn't hear the New York Times in that assessment of important news, uh, you know, news media. Is that... Are they no longer... I thought they were still sort of like... They're like the most the overarching like newspapers newspaper, you know. No, I mean? you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm honestly, I I started following news very recently, so like a lot, my my understanding of the news media is is, is still kind of limited. I do know that the the New York Times it owns itself, um, as far yeah. as as far yeah. as I understand. Right. You could say they're an independent. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. they're also huge, which yeah. kind of defeats the purpose, and right? Probably the most important newspaper company or whatever uh, news company ever. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Hands right. down. Yeah. Okay. So, so cinema, so movie companies are uh, Warner Brothers, owned by Warner Warner. Time. Um, yeah. Universal Pictures, owned by Comcast. Paramount, owned by Viacom CBS. Twentieth Century Studios, owned by Disney. Disney owned by Disney, which owns Pixar, Marvel, LucasArts, and I might be forgetting some other ones. I think Fox. Fox. Fox yeah. Fox. Yeah. Fox everything, is owned by Disney. Everything, yeah. but, everything but the sports they own on Fox now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Columbia Pictures owned by Sony. MGM owned by MGM, and then you have Sony Pictures. So, so you know, some of the same uh, conglomerates that own the uh, news media own 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 the movie companies. Um, and then the other one was, it talks a little, I'm just going to gloss over this. It talks, uh, you know, that advertising is really what's most important. That, that what, what the media needs to do is get our attention to then sell us stuff. And it needs to get us, basically it sells us to, to, to these corporations to be able to advertise to us. Um, it talks about how, you know, if you don't fit in the constraints of the media elite, you kind of get, um, you get, you get, how do we say it? Like, you get ostracized. You know, like, can, can I can I say something yeah, about, yeah, about that though? Because uh, I, I believe that this thing missed out on a huge, important uh, point. Mm-hmm. Um, it talked about you know the the five the media, but one of the biggest things now is social media. Right, like, man, that has probably just as much influence as everything you just mentioned. 
More importantly, uh, we'll, we'll keep in mind the documentary. And no, I'm the not book talking about the documentary. Way before about, social media came out. I'm not talking about the documentary. I'm talking about that thing that he showed mm. us. But yeah, right. That's crazy. Because imagine uh, what this documentary would be like in today's. And Noam Chomsky's still alive. Yeah. And he still uh, talks about this stuff. And he still talks about this stuff. I think he's gotten worse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was listening to a, a, a recent interview, and he's talking about how it's frustrating because he keeps seeing the same thing over and over and over and over. Um, so so there's this term called the Big Five, I think, which includes um, – there's actually a hearing right now to kind of, uh, because of how monopolized um, – how, how much of a monopoly these, these – uh, internet companies that have made uh, amazon um apple uh what's the other one amazon apple facebook and google uh they're they're basically um you know they're being um kind of they're facing antitrust uh right now i was listening to some of it but it's like a six hour um uh hearing and uh and i think microsoft which is the other one went through it in the 90s right it got broken up because of how big it had gotten right yeah. Um, so yeah, they they they're they're there which, too. Which I believe they they like helped Apple because of that. Because if they wouldn't have helped Apple, they would have been uh, even bigger. So they helped mm-hmm. Apple to kind of uh, uh, create competition. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the things that they that these companies do is they merge, um, mm-hmm. and then and then you know things get worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That, uh, again, uh, that's why I believe. And like the importance of little guys like the Young Turks, even even crazy ass fucking. Even though I don't believe like uh, Infowars, like I'm glad they're there because there's other good ones like that are you know there's I mean every the the importance of little whatever news and uh, journalism like uh, independent journalism is is like especially with the internet man. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking. Scary. And to a degree, to a degree, us. Yeah, this is you know who want to be ambitious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that's happening, some of the things that are happening are that like you have the whole echo echo chamber, um, you know, phenomenon where like if why if, if if the New York Times says something, everybody else has to say the same thing. And the other problem is that you have a lot of right now you have a lot of fake news, which is pretty much drowning out the the, the real stuff, really. Um, yeah, so then, uh, you have the, the whole, like, uh, discrediting of, of, of alternative, um, outlets. And then, uh, one of the things that, that impressed me the most was you have, uh, the common enemy, right? That was the other, the fifth pillar where it's like, you have, you have all these outlets that, that are, that are, that basically create the same thing to hate. And, and we know what those are, you know, uh. At, at the time when the book came out, it was communism, uh, you know, and then more recently terrorism and right now immigrants, you know, it's been forever. But um, and you can pretty much um, expect that that the whole country has an opinion on, on these things. And it's not just it's not just the U.S. Other countries are anti-immigrant as well. Um, so it's a tactic that works. Um, right. So, so we know that the another thing. Okay, any any more thoughts on that? Well, when you talk about the common enemy, it's crazy because like if you look at every movie that gets made, like a lot of the movies in the eighties, you know the 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 common enemy, 
uh, for a lot of shit. Like they're Russians. The Russians right. or in video games, the Russians the main villain. Right. Or uh, I there's now is the North Korean thing, you know. Right. Um, and and I think me and Joaquin actually watches this documentary about horror movies. I mean, this remember that one, Joaquin? He just dropped out. Okay. Well, we're watching this documentary on horror films and um, how horror films kind of always tap into. So it was a bunch of different. It's called uh, uh, Nightmares in Red, Red, White, and Blue. I, I highly recommend it. It's it's a it's a documentary about. They interview a lot of famous horror uh, directors from like George A. Romero to uh, uh, John Carpenter, Wes Craven. Um, uh, I, a lot of them. I can't even you know. Anyways, the main thing is they they all shared was they all look at what's the current state of the country and whatever the fear the the, the enemy is then they build on they build around that to, right. to focus on their villain which you know i mean i, I mean that, that's done not just in horror that's yeah. done in everything everything pretty everything. much what i've noticed is that pretty much everything that's not a human is either uh like for example um i heard somewhere that the orcs from from i think did we? That uh, they were yeah. they were they represented immigrants. Well, uh, the orcs. Well, you know what's crazy is the the the, the big ones, Urukai in Lord of the Rings. They had they had like dreads, and it's like there was no other colored people in the movie. Yeah. Well, right, right. the Easterlings yeah. in the in Return of the King, some of the Easterlings look like they might have been people of Persians. color. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. And then. The, what were the wicked men? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? No, sorry, sorry. I so mean, what you I know that. Heard... Go ahead. It's it's funny because there's um, you know, there's even this this stigma of the way the races are treated in the books. I mean, the the orcs, the Urukai are not actually that well detailed and described as far as like their hair having dreadlocks. I think it's an interesting. You know, it, to say the least, it's an interesting choice that Peter Jackson chose to represent them as dreadlocked uh, monsters in particular. Yeah, that motherfucker. But this, this sort of thing has spilled over. This sort of thing has spilled over even into to D and D recently. Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast, the company that owns the uh, TSR, has come out and said that they were going to redraft a lot of the. Uh, racial alignments because there's this whole thing where it's like well orcs in D&D are like traditionally evil and then there's a race of like elves called the drow and the thing about these characters these races is that they are the uh, they are usually depicted as having like darker skin right than like the regular elves are pretty much white and then like the drow are all like sort of purplish or dark and you know I get D&D's like alright we, we don't want anyone to think that we're saying that people of color e are evil inherently. Um, but, I mean, these are fantasy characters. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and in particular, at least in the novels, the, the there weren't – the African – people of African descent at the time that Tolkien was writing, they weren't really – you know, the population wasn't that high in Britain, A and B. It just – you, you know what I mean? I, I, I focusing on the movie like you. Def, I definitely looked at that and was like, "What are you trying to say, Peter Jackson? Yeah. What are you trying to? I mean, I, I, I love the movies, but still. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's that like that. For example, got me. Have you seen? Have you seen? I mean, I know it wasn't very well 
um, reviewed by a lot of people, but that that one film with um, uh, Will Smith where he plays Oh Bright. Yeah, what did you think about that? Because I liked the way the, the the orcs were like the um, you know the the they they kind of played it into a modern in the modern world. Honestly, I mean the movie itself. Will... I didn't like the movie itself to be honest. But the mm. whole story, the way they, the, 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 the story was kind of cool. Cause you don't, you know, I mean, we're, we're getting out of topic a little bit. Yeah, but, no, uh, it's okay. I, I, I will say this much. I, I stopped seeing Will Smith movies. Um, after I saw, um, after earth, which was, uh, with M. Night Shyamalan's big return. That know? was with his son, right? Yeah, that was with his son. Yeah. And it was so, it was so not good. That I just I just said you know what unless it's a Men in Black re- rehash I, I don't really I don't need to see Will <laughs> I was done <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm no gonna... more Ali performances in him yeah he's just in it for the check now I agree so I'm gonna read a quote from from the movie um, investment investment production and distribution is controlled by a concentrated network of corporations conglomerates and investment firms. They staff the government and own the media. The, they the control over resources and the need to satisfy their interest imposes very sharp constraints in the political system and the ideological system. So, uh, you know, a lot of for for the Democratic primaries, right? Uh, you, I kept seeing these memes that said like anybody but Trump, anybody but Trump, except Biden, right? Uh, you guys remember seeing a lot of that? Yeah. Yeah. And then who 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 wins, right? Biden. Yeah. And I remember in previous, in pre, the same thing happened with Bush. The the second time uh, Bush uh, Jr. ran, uh, you know, California is a bubble, and I was very young at the time. But like, it seemed like anybody but Bush. It doesn't matter who runs up against Bush, anybody. And then you get John Kerry, yeah. and you know, if if, if you guys remember, uh, he seems like somebody who's super out of touch, just like. And you're like, are they trying to win? Like, what the hell? And right now, you know, any 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 day now, Biden is supposed to announce his his vice president. And I think to any of us, it's pretty obvious that you know there's a few choices that if he makes, uh, I think, you know, even even skeptics might get behind Biden. Um, he already said it would be a woman, but like, you know, I, I you heard the the names. Um, Warren Kamala Harris. Well, well, initially, I, you know, it was like pick Warren, pick Warren. It's like okay, yeah, that someone, would make sense. Someone with good smelling hair. <laughs> with good smelling hair. Uh, <laughs> my thought, you know, my thought way back then was like, if he just taps Bernie, like you get all, all the Bernie um, uh, voters automatically. Um, I'm not that familiar with with Warren, but my understanding is that she's very much establishment, right? She was, yeah. she was right. Yeah. Uh, and so my guess is that whoever he picks for his vice president, uh, most of us are probably going to be disappointed. Okay. You know, I want to I want to take it back to what uh, there was this uh, there was this uh, comedian who I follow. I believe it was uh, uh, someone. I forgot his name. Anyways, he did his post that's like, you know, Donald Trump is an overweight man, older. What What is he like in his 70s? Yeah. He's an overweight 70 something year old man who eats McDonald's every day 
And then Joe Biden is a guy who's a, whose brains are basically scrambled eggs at this point. He's like, uh, never has there been a better time to be a vice president. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so the, <laughs> and so there were a couple other people that ran for president, right? Um, <laughs> you can you can used to throw one of those like, for Biden. That's where that's where the deal that that's where you either make it or break it with like either I win their vote based on this choice or I lose it because you know that's what's holding a lot of people back at this point. Yeah, because nobody wants Biden. Right. Um, Some somebody said to me, you know, a lot of people will will not want to vote for Biden because you know, um, for lack of a like. Because it seems like his brains are scrambled, but if, but my friend turned around and said, "Well, look, I would rather have somebody in office who um, clearly knows what the Bill of Rights and the Constitution uh, and all the amendments say, even though he has trouble communicating it and actually tries to uh, live by it um, or professionally exude that, versus someone who a doesn't know what it says and B isn't bothering to try, <laughs> you know, cause Biden's like, you know, we can't do that because the thing in the document, you know, the thing I'm talking about, we, we, we can't do that because of that. And, and Trump will be like, who cares what it says? I think it's a great idea if we violate this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. pretty much the pattern. I'd rather have the dude that's struggling to do the right thing versus the dude that shrugs his shoulders and goes, ah, whatever. You know? Hey, let's press all these buttons and see what happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so there was a couple of other guys, right? You have Al Gore and you have uh, Mitt Romney. And you talking you about of... you talking about the first time or the second time? Well uh, well just people that are around for president. Right? Okay. Okay. And for the most part they all they all sound pretty similar. Like they were all rich people. They were all backed by rich people. They, you know, uh, they were all like, none, none of them were saying, hey, let's get out of the Middle East. None of them were saying, um, let's get out of Latin America. They were can, I, can I, can I yeah. say something just Please. to add on that, not to sound cynical? They no. never fucking talk about that, dude. They, no, they, they are never do. sensationalized. Like, if you look at the, if you, for example, the, the, the debate with Trump and Hillary versus yeah. the debate with the other two parties that one time, you know, that, during that last election, the 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 one that nobody was watching were actually talking about solutions that sounded uh, what's the word logical, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, these fucking idiots were talking about bullshit, man. It was like watching a fucking uh, who wants to be a millionaire, who wants to be a billionaire show. Yeah. Well, you you know the the problem is is that there are like okay, I know that when Obama was running, he had. He, he had said he had a plan to bring the troops home in phases, right? He didn't want to pull everybody out at once, but he was like, we're going to, it's going to be like a drip effect. And I think when Trump uh, was running, I think he said he was, he was going to, I, I'm now don't quote me. I could be wrong, but I seem to remember him saying at some point in one of his speeches when he was running that he had planned on bringing troops home as well. Um, the problem with this is that Trump, has been noted to say things in his appeals and speeches to people and then turn around and say the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might have well have said it. That doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean that it's stuck. Yeah. Um, 
But I agree. But I agree. you know what? Also, <laughs> one reason why like many candidates won't even address it, won't even promise you anything, is because these companies, the ones that have vested oil interests over overseas and need those to be tended to, or other business ventures over in Central and South America that need holdings. I mean, they they back a lot of these candidates which is I know is the point we're getting to when we talk about the rich and the wealthy and the out of touch. And it's not within the candidate's best interest to um, actually do anything until possibly their last term in office. But they don't. Um, they don't. Even in their last but term, they don't. They don't. <laughs> you know? Because, and, and, the, and the frightening thing here is like, you know, if you did, you probably would be, you know, blacklisted or, or maybe... And I had, to, I had to say it, but maybe they're being paid under the table by some of these like major companies to keep their mouths shut and not do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like in regards to to the international stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know the perfect. But, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, now I don't I don't know about you guys, but I I felt like, you know, maybe this is diving too far ahead, but. Noam Chomsky seems to do a great job of breaking down, uh, like the system of elites and powers that be. Um, but I don't think, because I, I I spent most of the film going, all right, what's the solution? Like we get the we get how the system operates, but what is the ultimate? I agree. Solution because it's a problem? lot of stuff that we've heard already. Not not nothing against Chomsky's. He, he takes you deeper into just saying, this shit is all corrupt. You know, like he takes you deeper into, they're lying to you. and But there really is no solution offered. He does, offered. Say, he does say it, but he says it very, very briefly. And he, said, he goes into more detail in other interviews. And he says that it's basically um, uh, or, um, mass organization. You know, you have to. You have to do it. And it's, it's really the only way. Um, yeah, it, there, there's no other way. Um, I think other, you know, there's the mass protests right now, and, and and it will, hopefully, it will create some change. But there's really no, uh, that that's his point of view. There's no the, other the, way. The one thing, though, okay, I, I take back a little bit what I said, not a whole lot, but one of the things that I did see, it wasn't really suggested. I, I mean, I may be wrong, but the solution was like modern day journalism works with a lot of independent shit a lot of independent stories because you know i've i've learned a lot it's, it's crazy because like uh i mean you you watch okay i i take this I, this is an example you can go on on online and then look at stuff that you hear about the world you know or everywhere like like the stuff that's happening in yemen Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen those pictures of the starving children right now. No. If you go on, if you go on, on, I mean, I haven't really heard much. You don't hear, you don't hear a lot about that on like the CNNs or whatever. Not at all. No. And no. it's crazy to see the pictures of these starving kids. And uh, one of my issues, cause some, you know, I've, I've, I've brought this up before and you know, people always say, Oh, it's cause the news doesn't want to talk about these things. Cause it only wants to talk about what's sensational. It's like, Fucking show those pictures in Yemen, and it doesn't get more sensational than that, you know. Show, show, um, show what's going on in in Syria, 
talk. You could just go to Flint, <laughs> you know, like yeah, Flint. That Show what still, the fucking Flint still hasn't hasn't been resolved. Flint, Michigan, yes, right. Yeah. Like you don't but, have to go that far, man. Like you know, you. But you have common. You people you know what. You you know what what's what's a real trip? You know when I was listening to Noam Chomsky as he was discussing the elites in the system. The thing that makes the United States or really unique um, in among all the other countries. I mean, we're not the only capitalist country, but we are, I think, the capitalist country with possibly the best resources and a really decent point start in history to be young enough to benefit from having all this stuff that we have. And here's, here's what I've always said about capitalism itself. This is the difference between like uh, American roots versus like European roots. You have, we, you know, you essentially have someone comes over with absolutely nothing and we'll say the year 1682. He gets to go out and, um, you know, maybe carve out a piece of land for himself, settle it under whatever rule, rulership of the kingship, you know, builds himself a log cabin, gets himself a mini farm going to sustain a family, a wife, and a few kids. Fast forward to 1776, Revolutionary War, and then we have the American system. We're done away with uh, inheritance of dukes and duchesses and all that other stuff. Everything is, we're going to be elected, uh, only educated, uh, white men can vote, Land and uh, landowners, right? Which are people who have held on to these lands that have been granted to them from royalty X. And then, you know, or from whatever, you know, or maybe they established some early companies going on under the, under the crown. But then you have even more people because there's so much land and even more people coming in and more opportunity. And that's really when capitalism starts to shine. You have all these people who get to go out, apply for, apply for their homesteads and stuff under various acts and you know, lands and things like that and carve out a niche for themselves. And we're not even going to touch on how slavery built up the South. That's a whole nother episode. But – I'm talking about like the average American person out in Indiana who's chopping wood and thinks, hey, I could probably make a logging business, right? And or I can maybe set up a little a little convenience store and sell like licorice to the kids and then serious goods to the adults and right, and you get to apply for your little business uh, you know, legalities, pay your taxes to the government or whatever state, and then you move forward. And then your little business, we'll say, let it turn, it gets bigger, and and it gets passed down to the next family, and then by modern times, somehow that little general store has turned into like Walgreens. Now, the dude that started the very first little pharmacy out in whatever town in eighteen whatever that grew into, I don't know if Walgreens actually has this particular history. I'm just using them as a name example. They didn't intend on. Like no one that starts like a small operation, especially if you go far back enough, thinks that it's going to be a big monolithic thing with a corporate office, right? It was it was started with some little mom and pop who wanted a business in order to feed their family. It was a trade. 
But what happens um, in the beginning of capitalism is beautiful because it feels like, okay, everybody can just own their own little thing and everybody could squeak out a living. But what ends up happening is that over time, a successful company gets branded and then the brand takes on importance and recognition and then the brand eats up like space around itself and the company ends up growing to the point to where there's very little room for that wonderful competition. There's very little room for, cause at first it's like, okay, it's room for everyone. And then it's like, oh, now it's, it's competing for that room. And now there's, you get to a point where there's little to no real competition. And that's a problem. We're kind of at the end point where like, I can't start a soda company from scratch if that's my dream. Who's going to buy Joaquin Cokes when everyone – or Joaquin Cola, sorry. When everyone's going to be like, I want Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola or Edge Cola or whatever. You know what I mean? So we're kind of stuck. Like, if I want to be in the soda business, I have to, like, work on the bottom at a factory or drive the truck. You know, at that point, the dream of – capital of building stuff and having any true choice is kind of gone you know what i mean like we're living in we're we're living in the we're living in the butt end of that the and, butt it's, end and, of, and it's uh, capitalism. capitalism yes but yeah because the companies and, run as socialists in a way right <laughs> you know i i mean in it it's Kind of no, no, it's not. I would I wouldn't say that the companies are a form of socialism. I would say the companies no, 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 are more like a... they internally they run as like socialists. I don't understand what you're saying, JD. I don't think I'm yeah. understanding what I, 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 I I'm I'm trying to understand the point. I, I was is that what you're saying? No, no, I'm no. My my point is is that uh, people. Well, I was just saying like you know these. It's it's kind of ironic that these giant companies that control like you know uh that are sending money to the the pocketbooks of our politicians like noam chomsky's pointing out that there are all these big businesses that sort of sway how things go mm-hmm. they, they didn't start out as these megalom- megalomaniac monsters you know they started out you know if you go far back enough as these simple businesses that just wanted to make a living like and now they've turned into monsters like mcdonald's um, perfect movie to watch. And, everything everything you and, can think of so uh um, you, you know so so it's so people people that's i think is, we lost joaquin um is that a, okay i was gonna ask this while he was talking about that is that an american thing is there any other no, company? actually, I'm glad you asked that. Um, so we have this thing, right? I think it's called American exceptionalism, exceptionalism, when we believe that we pretty much rule the world because Americans are superior. Now, I think if you ask most Americans, a lot of Americans maybe won't say this um, explicitly, but I, I, and you know, I, I, as somebody who came from a different country, it definitely feels like there is this belief that that Americans are superior to to everyone else. And even, even American products, you know, sometimes like uh, we believe that are superior to, to other products. Though America rules the world because what happened is during World War II, you had other huge powers fighting each other, right? You had the big powers were England, uh, France, and they were fighting, they were fighting um, England, France, and the Soviet Union and they were fighting Japan and, and Germany. And Italy. And Italy, right. 
uh well you know there was a bunch of others uh anyways they were fighting so long that that basically they all they all knocked each other down and the u.s comes in pretty late into the war and defeats defeats a, a weekend um a weekend germany in fact you know uh recent history says that that the soviet union actually was the one that did most of the fighting against against right. germany and speaking of, that, speaking of this topic have you seen uh um uh, uh the guy that directed uh there's a documentary that talks about this. oliver stone yeah yeah that he he talks about how the, the russians were so afraid that the u.s because it was likely it was likely that the u.s and russia would join forces to attack russia mm-hmm. the, the sorry the the sorry the the germans and the u.s would join forces to attack russia yeah and it's like you know Looking at our our history books, like that's very unlikely. <laughs> but like, nah, but it's very likely because they hated Russia that much. Right, right. Um, there and there's a lot of things that that aren't in our history books. For example, um, I think we turned away at least one ship that was filled with with Jews, if, if not more ships that were filled with Jews, and you know they had to go back. And a lot of those Jews that made it all the way over here ended up going back and dying in in Germany. Another, yeah, there was a ship I mean, that we. We had Nazis. We, we had Nazis in this country during World War II. That was a thing. Hey, can you hear me? Uh, look, uh, can you hear us, Joaquin? I'm sorry, you guys went out. Okay, so, go ahead, JD. Uh, no, well, there was a ship uh, filled with uh, German refugees that uh, I believe it went to uh, New York, mm-hmm. and then they got turned away. Yeah, and then they went. To, here. I think they went to Cuba, and they got turned away from there. Got turned away there too, and then a lot of them ended up. Uh well yeah you said like you said they had, had to go back and then they got slaughtered yeah uh the, another thing that that wasn't in the history books was that when Pearl Harbor was attacked they had attacked I think two other sites one in the Philippines which was a a, a, a property that was owned by the U S and I think there might have been one more and you know we don't remember those attacks uh, I think what the elites decided was that the way to get the U S to rally against this common enemy was by focusing on the place that was attacked that was filled with white people. Because, you know, in the Philippines, I think it was a lot of Filipinos that died. Um, whereas the base in, 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 uh, what is it, Pearl Harbor? It was, it was white American soldiers. Um, anyways. So, yeah. So, so these, these big powers basically knocked themselves down and, oh, and then the U S comes and fills this vacuum. And, it, you know, it's it's they 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 take over through military, but even through other types of industries. I remember learning uh, cinema cinema history where basically they come in and they they start selling movies to to the world. Uh, at, you know, before World War Two, everybody was making movies. You know, you have a you have a lot of like German. Uh, I think it's called ex- ex- impressionism. It was a genre. Expressionism, of, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but after that, like nobody, uh, nobody was really making movies the way that the U.S. was because it had the best economy at the time, and it's pretty much used that boost to 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 be the current. Even though, even though I I, I don't like what it stands for, it was like it in itself was a revolutionary thing. The way it, it I believe it was one of the first films to have a jump or cut jump scenes or cut scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. Birth of a Nation. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one's an American. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah, well, that was what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, it revolutionized film because there was no s- cut scenes or, or jump scenes. I forgot what it was called. 
like that before. And even though, you know, it's a film that, you know, that's the story of the KKK, but it, it you know, mm. the, the film itself was revolutionary. I mean, that's just an example of. Yeah, you, you can't go into film school without studying W.D. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, not because right. of its subject matter, but because of its technicality. He created yeah. things that are still used in films today, like juxtaposition shots and things like that, a little side-by-side. Yeah. Side. yeah, yeah, that's, that's I, all I, him. Um, th- th- I wanted to talk about something because th- this, case, this incident actually happened after this film uh, that we just were talking about. Um, and then you were talking about the military uh, gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the story of uh, 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 Pat. Uh, fuck, what's his name? He's a, he was one of the, the guys that went to. Patton? No, no, no. He was a, he was a, um, he was actually a uh, uh, NFL Pat Tillman. He was an NFL player who left the NFL to go serve um, in the military after 9-11. He was inspired by, you know, by 9-11 to go and fight terrorism. But once he was in the war, he thought that they were just out there in Afghanistan protecting poppy fields. And one of the things that he was doing while he was still in Afghanistan, because he, he wanted he was he wanted to come back. He wanted to he didn't he didn't believe in what he was doing anymore. So who he reached out to was actually Noam Chomsky because he wanted to talk about that. And then Noam talks a lot about war crimes. That's like, you know, he talked about that here and how we support people in the, in, um, we support, uh, murder squads in, in other countries and yeah, whatnot. Dictators. Uh, yeah. So he was actually, I don't know if you guys know about Pat Tillman, but he died. He died from friendly fire <laughs> oh my and, goodness yeah and he in his whole death is kind of uh kind of uh there's i mean you could say conspiracy and it's right. interesting because in the film yeah and it's, it's interesting because in the film um noam chomsky says that the term conspiracy is it's 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 thrown at anything that's that's supposed to be analytical of institutions which you know like i think we've mentioned before that the whole term conspiracy theories came from the the cia to kind of weaken anyone's you know yeah any any kind of yeah any kind of thing that may be true i believe um with this there's a documentary on on pat tillman because based on what he was doing shortly after that he died with friendly fire they didn't tell the family that he died from friendly fire until after the funeral. Like it's a fucked up story. And he was actually from San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys. No, I, I hadn't heard. I, of that. Yeah. I remember on the news um, during the, the war on terror. I, I can't remember if this was in Iraq or if this was, um, or if this was in Afghanistan, but I remember the story was that there were some U S soldiers who were protecting an oil field and yeah. they were noted to say, to the locals do not burn the oil fields for your own sake and i remember going f the oil fields it's their land like what you mean for their own sake it's not like they're gonna reap any profits shell's gonna reap the profits you know bp's gonna reap the chevron like get out of here with that my tax dollars over here protecting oil fields and we're supposed to be hunting the people that bombed us excuse me exactly 
I don't know. I, I think I think in retrospect, it seems like it's really all about oil. There's there's really nothing else. You know? Oil and poppy. Of course. I mean, oh, I mean, I knew that at the time, but I, I'm just saying, like, you know, you claim it's one thing, but it's really right. another. You know, but is, isn't it really weird? Really me off. It's, it's it's those two things. It's uh, I, this is what my brother pointed out. If you if you if you notice, whenever there's a military presence in. Uh, you know, whether it's it's a strong military presence, whether it's you know right now it's also Russia, yeah. Or you know, if if there's a strong military presence in there, prices kind of go up, and when there's not a lot, prices go down. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, that's something to analyze. That's what one of the things my brother. I we could probably have my brother on one day. It'd be uh, this guy talks about stuff. You know. It, Again, like it, it's it's crazy that this whole thing started because of terror. But once they're there, you see it's oil, and not only is, is it oil, it's it's poppy fields. And if you look at you know, uh, opioid addiction is fucking massive. Like the uh, the medical, yeah, the the not the, pharma, the big pharma, the big pharma. Yeah, you know, like, it doesn't even farming like, out cocaine of... and weed and whatever illegal drugs don't even put a dent to the opioid addiction man and, and who's one of the biggest ones that use that is a lot of it is in china and uh, uh, you know china we owe a lot of money too how do you control someone that you owe money you owe something from you take you control something they need you know that's i mean opium opium is even found in over-the-counter drugs i had a yep. i had a, a stomach bug last week you know lasted lasted a day i had to go get some emodium emodium has a has like a, a chemical in it that is, um, it, it's it's based off of an opioid, oh, sure. right out of the poppy fields, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's in a so, lot of stuff. So, um, going back to the, to be made. sorry, go ahead. A lot of money to be made. A lot, right. poppy lot fields. of money. A lot, lot of money. legitimate lot of money. money. I mean, it's illegitimate in that we're like kind of, in a way, it's it's kind of being stolen, like militarily. Uh, uh, taken in possession from other people's countries and then, you know, sold to us on our counters. But, you know, it's air quotes legitimately made. Because it's legal. That's the only thing. It's legal, but it's also like the biggest, especially with with, uh, opioids, man, that's the biggest, way higher mortality rate and this shit gets prescribed daily. That's Mm. the fucked up part about it. I had a friend who went in, my brother, well, it was a perfect example. My brother um, was offered all these opioids when he was, you know, and, and the come down was a motherfucker. Uh, and, and it's crazy, like, all these years marijuana is legal when, like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's it works for everybody, but it it doesn't have the, the, the effects that some of these opioids have, man. Like, I've seen people, friends and family members on opioids, and, and it's, it makes sense why... People make so much. These these big pharma make so much money, dude. It's a different addiction. It's like people say, like heroin, for example. It's a way stronger addiction than any any other, you know. And then and then it's it's so easy to to overdose on it. Um, which you know, uh, from what I read, it it when you go to sleep. It's something it does something that it it tells it forgets to tell your heart to keep beating, which is why a lot of them die when they're sleeping. You know what's what's frustrating is that like I'm a huge fan of, of science, right? 
Um, <laughs> it sounds like sounds like you're talking about a band, <laughs> right? But because uh, partly because of how how big pharma has screwed us over, I think people are very very skeptical of science. You know, um, I, I know I was one of those where I was like, "Oh, science failed this and this." And when when you think about it, it wasn't science at all. It was actually it was capitalism. <laughs> you know, it was for it was a big for business. Yeah, it was a for-profit structure that pretended to use science, um, and we we didn't know any better. I mean, I I think I think they use science um, effectively. I just think that they they weren't honest about what direction they were taking the science in. Like they go, okay, uh, we can sell you, you know, uh, we can push these prescriptions on you through your through through the doctor. That's highly, highly, highly addictive prescriptions. And we can make a fortune because you're going to want to come back and you're going to want more. Um, and we know that it's highly addictive because of the science. You know what I mean? So so I think they totally used science effectively. They just didn't use it morally. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was a form of, you know, mad science, like Lex Lutherian kind of science. Right. Yeah. It was like science. Yeah, seems like they, they, you know, like they they're working with a gun to their head. You know, <laughs> like, like crank out these whatever and and you know say it's good or or the way that some doctors just jump on. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the hospital where they they don't really ask you anything and they just automatically prescribe something. No, I haven't heard of that. And that's that's very common, and that I've actually experienced that, and that's how a lot of, you know, someone told me like, there's a doctor that I actually worked at his house, and he and he he was still a practicing physician, but he says the way they train us on like the whole prescribing part of it, he didn't describe he didn't describe it like that, but he just said the way that that they're they're kind of. Uh, trained to prescribe is very similar to sales pitches that like car sales. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. The, <laughs> yeah. the way you're saying it. Like, right. yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. That's crazy. And that's it. That's a whole when, other. When thing. I had my broken leg a few years. Go ahead. Working. When I had my broken leg a few years back, they gave me hydrocodone. Yeah. And I don't remember asking for it, you know, but my, I was in a lot of pain. So why would I ask any questions? And I knew um, I had read up about the stuff and I had heard about opioid addictions. And, you know, um, I was only allowed to take I think it was like one, maybe two a day or something like that. And there were days where I would either really, really try to space it out, but I kept trying to see, okay, how long can I really go without taking one? You know what I mean? Like, can't, and there were some days where, especially as like the healing progressed, where I was determined, even if my leg was really, really sore, I was like, I'm not taking one today. Because the last thing I wanted was to have an addiction on my neck, you know? When I, uh, but, when I dislocated my but shoulder. not everybody is so lucky or or so blessed. Some people just, you know, off of one or two hits or some people are in even worse pain than I was who just have no choice but to pop those pills and then it's like, ah, you know, then they become zombies, you know what I mean? It's a shame. 
when I uh, dislocated my shoulder, they they drugged me when they put it back, and then they gave me oxycodone. And the next day, those the, you know the drug that they gave me started to wear off, and that uh, dislocating my shoulder is one of the most painful things I've ever experienced because you have all these uh, all these kind of, you know senses inside there that you're not used you're not used to feeling anything in your shoulder like i'm not talking about inside the socket and so any little movement where your shoulder moves it, it was painful and so I, I i had to take the the pills i think every six hours or every 12 hours and i was like okay you know i'm gonna make the best of it i'm gonna play video games because that's all i can do uh, i was bummed out that i couldn't play soccer anymore which is how i hurt myself and I just I didn't like how it made me feel. I remember I you know I'm playing and I t I had it was time to take the medicine and I took it and I'm just like sitting there the game's still going and I'm just sitting there not pressing any buttons. It, it was like I spaced out and when I realized I was like you know what I'm done I I don't want to take this anymore. I'll take the physical pain because at least I can enjoy the day as you know as much as you can. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not taking this anymore. And I, I, I kept almost the whole bottle. I must have only taken it a, a handful of times. So uh, going back to, to this whole media thing, um, the way that, that, that issues are framed, I think it's, it's very limiting, right? You have, uh, I'm going to name some, some, very, um, some very polemic issues, and I don't want to go into detail, but I just kind of want to point out how how we think about them, right? You have the issue of immigration, uh, which has been a hot topic, uh, especially recently. But for the most part, the only way it's talked about is whether it's good or bad, right? Um, and pretty much anytime it comes up with like a stranger, it's, it's immigration good or bad. Should we throw immigrants out or should we keep them? Uh, well, you know, when you it, ask that question, they, they never... It's like it's like uh, you only see one side. Of, you only see the immigrants crossing, but you never find out like why they're crossing. And you right. look at if you look at the that, that's kind of what this guy was talking about. This documentary is you know you only see one side of the problem. You yeah. don't see you don't see you know you don't see both sides of it. And that whole like for example the immigration problem is a lot of these big um, corporations. This big cabal of corporations, or you know, whatever, they they they've kind of we're we're fucking over a lot of these third world countries to have the lifestyle that we enjoy here, mm -hmm. and and that and that fucks up their countries, mm -hmm. you know, Mexico, El Salvador, yeah. and and that's why they're leaving. Like, dude, I mean, like I said this before, you know how like I. You know how much it would take for me to move out of here. You know, right. like what, what what would it take? Like Gaspar, what, how hard was it to move out to Antioch? Like, you know, that's a for me, that's a big move. Something horrible must happen for you to decide to leave. Right. Everything you know, and it's it's not as simple as like, oh, they just wanna they wanna enjoy the American dream. They don't, dude. They're not trying to enjoy the American dream. Not they want to escape their fucking nightmare. That <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I imagine both of us grew up around a lot of Im immigrants and yeah, I it's always family members. Right. And whenever they talk about where they came from, like if you think if you try and list, OK, what's good about there? What's good about here? They're going to tell you every single thing was better where I live, except the one thing that made him leave, which for my, most of my family, it was, you know, 
finances. Like they just couldn't afford to live there. And so they came here, but everything else was better over there. And I've lived over there and you know, they're kind of right. Really. The only bad thing is that you don't have a future in terms of the, the financial future. You're going to be poor. And, and uh, like for what I remember is like the, the land, like a lot of these corporations are taking over the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the forest, the, the Amazon, a lot of, uh, big, you know, we're talking about this in the, like, aside from like pharma and oil industries, the other big, big dog in the finance world is, is the fucking food industry. Yeah. And they're deforesting the fuck out of the Amazon and using it to grow shit to feed, mm-hmm. cat, you know, and they take up a big, they're like slaughtering. Like I said, I said this in the last pocket. If you look at the list of, 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 uh, activists who have been slaughtered in those countries for speaking out against right like uh yeah they're taking over their home and all that shit like it's a big fucking list man and that's fucked up because you know it, i mean we've had we've had activists slaughtered over here fred hampton right. the black panthers no, oh, i'm yeah, talking yeah. about I'm talking about modern modern though like this actually like, i would say that there's one recently that was slaughtered uh, they they slaughtered. They they killed a guy. Uh, shortly before the forest, the big ass Amazon fire happened. I don't know if you remember when the, those fires were happening last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they I believe, like Monsanto, for example, had just lost one of the cases, and one of the leaders of the tribe, or or an activist who was helping them with that was you know he died of whatever he, he died he was killed he never found or whatever and then shortly after that like it there was a big fire and from what i i've been reading is sometimes those fires happen when they want to clear the area and it's like oh it's all burnt oh man who's gonna want this area now i'll buy it right right um <laughs> yeah you- so so a couple of other issues again i don't i don't want to go into detail because they're very polemic but yeah. um for example, uh, when when candidates are are, are debating, uh, you know, one of these is abortion, and it's the, the 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 argument is always yes or no, and it doesn't go further. Another one is gay marriage, which you know now now it is legal, but back when when it was kind of a hot topic, right right at the end of Bush and the beginning of, of Obama, it was always like you know good or bad. Uh, same thing with global warming. You know, we can go into detail about that one, but the argument right now is, does it exist or not? And it's like you have so much progress to make about environmental issues, but we're wasting time on talking about whether it exists or not, you know, and who does it favor to get stuck on that argument, except elites who are benefiting from things that harm the environment. Right. Because they don't, because they're benefiting, they, they benefit from not having to pay uh, some of the regulations and not only just pay, but like, it cost them more, you know, to turn a lot of this into, you know, it, yeah. It, it well, the funny thing is that it cost them because, uh, for example, um, with uh, with oil, it's actually cheaper right now to go to green energy, but these oil companies get subsidies from the government. So basically, our taxes go to pay uh, for the the, the oil. Um, and so if they wanted to change to green energy, it, the money would have to come from them, although they probably figure out a way to subsidize it uh, so that we end up paying it anyways. Um, 
so some of it just do, doesn't make any sense. It just you know it's it's convenient for 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 the owners of these oil companies to just to just look away from it. And and it and it's like it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense because the the people that speak like what was that? I don't know if you guys know about that guy that invented the water engine. It was like a battery. Uh, it was like way. This is like long time ago, way before any Prius or any smart car. Mm-hmm. He created a a a. a I guess the bat the battery ran on like tap water or something like that, and and it was it was a functional car that runs on water. I know that sounds crazy, but this is it's a real story. You can look it up. When it became like when it when he like started to show people that he had created in fact an engine that runs on a battery that's powered by water, he, he was he was murdered. He came up dead, and they they stole his idea, and it never happened. Wow. And that's like you know, that's going back to what the film's talking about is a, uh, but you you'll you don't rare you rarely hear about that. Yeah, uh, and it's like when you say why why I mean I'm sure the answers out there, but they're not letting us see it. So what what is something that uh, well one thing that that the media especially the news media loves to focus on it and it, it makes me pretty upset is Trump tweets. Yeah, like. Turn on the news, and that's all they talk about. And you know that there are there are consequences to a lot of the tweets that he makes. But it's like, why is it taking up most of the time? And and uh, you know, and so like I I, I notice that I notice that a lot, man. Where you know you you talk about what Trump said, but not no not so much what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And we get kind of lost in this you know whirlpool of just tweets and, and words about nothing mm-hmm. when there's like me- measures being passed that are affecting, you right. know? Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I wrote down a few things that, that have uh, affected us and, and you never hear it. Uh, net neutrality. You guys remember that? Yeah. that that never yeah. got solved. No, it did. It, it became it. So now it's privatized. The internet is privatized. Um, it did pass. It did, it did, uh, or you know, it went away or whatever you call it, but basically the internet is now privatized. It is owned by, by a few, by whoever owns those, um, those servers, um, military spending. We, I never hear about it. Wait, wait. Can I, can I ask you, is that a good thing? Is what a good thing? No, about the net neutrality? no, not at all. So I don't know. I think, for example, I think Comcast owns, owns servers, right? Wow. So Comcast can decide yeah, not good at all. Comcast can decide. Um, like if if you're if you're if you're trying to compete, let's say with uh, I don't know Netflix, and you you decide to make your own, uh, and you're not affiliated with one of those big uh, movie companies, well then Comcast or Netflix can be like can go to Comcast and be like, hey, you know what? Here's some extra money. Don't give don't give uh, make JD's movie movie whatever. Uh, make it slow. And so you're not going to be able to grow. Okay. Can, can I tell you something? Can yeah. I tell you his personal story? Yeah. Uh, I have experience with Comcast, as you know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to whatever. But anyways, um, I had a customer who told me, uh, you know, he he bought. Because Comcast, you can buy your own modem, right? Or you can rent rent theirs out. That's the, the options for internet. Yeah. This customer bought his own modem. He got it hooked up. He got it all set up as soon as he started uh you know he signed up for a certain amount of speed mm-hmm. i believe it was like 100 megabits 
of speed. Mm-hmm. And when he used his his uh, modem and his router, it was super slow. It was way slower than than uh, 100. And, and he called and he had a very honest uh, uh, whatever tech over the phone. And he told them, honestly, if you get your own, if you use ours, it'll be faster. He's like, why? If, if it's all, I'm, I'm a customer. He's like, they give the preference even to those customers who have, I mean, that's a small example. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like to, I can imagine how on a bigger scale, but like that, that was a small, tiny little, how, how petty these big companies are. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so if, if, if it's, there's a company that's trying to prop up and, and, and create new jobs, it can't, it can't because it's not going to be able to compete against right. that already exist. Um, yeah. So military spending is another one that never gets talked about. Police spending is another one. I think uh, usually it's about a third of of the of 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 the um, of the money that the city makes or, or whatever the area makes. A third of that gets uh, spent on the police. Um, you know, you if you, which is which is why they're talking about defunding the police. But the thing is, like, if you just talked about it just a little bit in the news. It would you, the problem would end because people would get behind it, but instead you have people that are that are talking about you know fucking looting, and there's people who genuinely feel safe uh, with police, understandably, but and they don't know that there's other people that are basically terrorized by police, you know, and so just a little yeah, just a little bit of talking about it would help, but but oh, I got a question, just a little off question on both yeah. of you guys. How do you feel when people say that? the solution to the police brutality is more funding for police so they get more training How, what do you feel about that you know so the the whole this whole like um uh what's it called uh oh, fuck i'm spacing out um what's that thing called when workers organize union this union? whole thing about yeah this whole thing about union it's become a bad word right uh, we think that it's bad. We think that they're inefficient. We don't want them. We don't want anything to do with unions. And we've, we, even us, have been brainwashed to thinking that, right? And then you're like, oh, look, look, the cops have a pretty good union. Like, it turns out that, that it's great for them. It's not great for teachers. It's not, or whoever, it's not great for, for any, any other, anybody else to unionize. I think you might have said it earlier that anybody who mentions union uh, gets cut, right? Well, it turns out that the police have unions, and well, why do they have unions? Well, because they're there to protect rich people's property. And so, if if you're rich and you need a force to protect your property, you better make sure that they're well taken care of. And they make a lot of fucking money, like you know, a third of the of, of budgets go to the police, and they have very very good unions. Uh, that's what I think. And so, you know, you have Biden saying that he doesn't want to uh, he doesn't want to uh, defund police. Well, why? Because he's backed by big money, you know. That's yeah. Yeah, and then right because the thing is about you said like we talked about this earlier. You follow the money, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, unions all over the, the country support Democrats. That's uh, one of the like the oil companies highly support Republicans. The unions are fully behind Democrats. So I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I noticed that we're it's getting pretty late. I, I, are you guys okay with doing a second part? Because there's still a lot of ground to cover. I'm I'm happy to keep going right now, but I know you have to get up early, JD. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, what's just keep going, and uh, I'll, 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 we'll talk about that. Okay. As okay. it goes. Okay. I don't know how the rest of you guys feel though. Okay, so I'm gonna well, uh, uh, Joaquin dropped out, but so I, I'll I'll go to the next quote. Um, he says, "In a totalitarian society, the dictator says we're going to war, and everybody marches. Right. In a democratic society, leadership commits to war and presents reasons, and they have a very heavy burden of proof to meet because war is catastrophic. The role of media is to present background." possibility of peaceful settlements and offer a debate to go to war uh, offer a debate a, a, a debate to go to war uh, kill hundreds of thousands of people and leave countries wrecked and he says that never happened and i think because of when the documentary came out he's talking about um maybe be vietnam or, or a desert storm yeah the gulf war right right yeah uh you know when we were in high school, when I was in high school, uh, the same thing happened with Afghanistan. And, and there was yeah. a lot of support for Afghanistan because we saw, you know, our own our own territory get attacked. Right. Um, it was an emotional decision that they, they were able to make. Mm-hmm. And he, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. And he actually has a book uh, that, that, that talks about that. And, 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 you know, I listened to one of his lectures and he says how with Afghanistan, uh, an option would have been to basically there was uh, so the people in Afghanistan did not like the Taliban. Uh, no, they did not like Al Qaeda. Sorry, they did not like Al Qaeda, and so they could have armed a group because even the Taliban did not control all of Afghanistan. So what they could have done was they could have sided with one of the groups that was that that, that favored the U.S. They could have armed them, and, and that took them out because they weren't that big. Right, right, but they didn't. Instead, they, they went straight in and started bombing the shit out of Afghanistan and pretty much, uh, you know, de- destroyed a lot of it. Um, and, and, you know, there's a parallel between that and, and dropping atomic bombs in, 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 in Japan. Right. Now now we know that I think Japan had intentions of surrendering. But we they went ahead and... actually already made it public. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But but we went ahead and, and flexed anyways, and that's kind of what happens in Afghanistan, where the U.S. had a lot of weapons that it had to it had to basically show off to the rest of the world. Uh, I think it, you know there's uh, it was similar with Iraq. Uh, one of those weapons that that we know of are the drone strikes. Um, that shit is scary, <laughs> you know. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. No. It. it man. Uh, especially. Especially like in Obama's administration, where he wanted to, you know, take out like a guy in a building that they knew the guys in this building, send in the drone, and we're gonna kill all these kids and all these innocent people just to get that one guy. Right. And that's the scary thing about, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, like I, I wouldn't want to see. Well, the thing is, would you want to rather see boots on the ground? You know, well, well, that's the argument but, that Chomsky made was that that there were other options. You didn't have to put boots on the ground. You didn't have to send drone strikes. You could have uh, let them. Honestly, there's no there's no need for it. If you like 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 you just saying, you could literally do that for every major issue. You could literally just arm people in that who want to kill them already. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. It's like. 
you need a, a white like you're doing it for something else you need a white flag or was it a false flag uh uh incident like like they say 9-11 was to get in to fucking just you know to, to give us something to back them because i feel like that's what 9-11 was whether it was you know there's a whole thing about that being uh an inside job whatever it is they took advantage of that moment to go to iraq mm-hmm. you know regardless <laughs> regardless of whether that was you know plan funded by the u.s or not like they did they just like coronavirus is being used for other things right it's it's they're they're taking advantage of the moment yeah yeah because i i well i will I, I I would say this going back to Noam Chomsky's, um, you know, manufacture of consent. I, I think it speaks volumes that uh, the media. Well, I mean, some of the news reporting was, you know, you got the idea that this this might have this definitely was about oil, but like even though they wouldn't necessarily say it, but you would have to be kind of not thinking. If, as I remember, I don't know about you guys, but I remember following the news uh, when they were overseas hunting Osama bin Laden. And I remember how they claimed that they had tracked him to some sort of mountain range or some caves over in Afghanistan. And that the, the Northern Alliance was with us and we supposedly had him cornered somewhere. And then all of a sudden, right when we had him cornered, supposedly... The, the the narrative changes and then bush comes out and says we have to deal with um with iraq because we have intelligence that says that the pilots were trained over there so that means saddam is going to have to have to answer for that and then i remember and then supposedly we diverted our troops over to iraq which potentially settles an old debt uh, an old revenge debt from bush senior so this is a little personal and it's also uh some business on the side thanks to uh Halliburton related vice president uh Dick Cheney. But my whole big thing was like but we had the skinny dude on dialysis cornered and we let him go. This is some bulls. Do you know what I mean? Like this is complete well, it is it, you bull. know the crazy thing about it <laughs> the crazy thing about that is uh when you look at the, the whatever the, the the info that they had, they weren't trained in that in Iraq. They were fucking trained. They went and actually were trained here in America by a school owned by Warren Buffett. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 then um, like they had him cornered. Yeah, they had him cornered, and he was on di- like imagine a guy on dialysis in a fucking cave. Like he's gonna die eventually, you know. <laughs> so it's like. When they went into Iraq, yeah, dude, it's, ah, that, I mean, that's a whole podcast episode in itself, man. Yeah. So, uh, there was a few, go ahead. But like I said, you know, the media, um, I can't remember what news station I was following at the time when we, well, I don't think it was Fox. It might have been ABC. But I remember very clearly the media was like, yeah, we're having corners. And then the coverage became – and even though – and I would say where, where the manufacturer comes from is the fact that they totally dropped the story on the progress 
of tracking down Osama bin Laden and all the focus went to the Ba'athist party. And I think that is definitely evidence of manufacture of consent because the media chose not to cover the the search for the, the actual mastermind behind everything. Yeah. And it's totally switched to the scapegoat. And mm-hmm. not just television news, but newspapers as well. Every now and then... You know, somebody might bring up the skinny one. But really, I think people kind of forgot about him until Obama sent a, a, you know, a team in to have him killed. You know, at that point, it seems like the skinny dude on dialysis was an afterthought. And that's thanks to the media making it that way. You know, and I don't mean to sound conspiracy theorist, but uh, I don't know if you I listen to a lot of. uh, old radio on youtube and one of the interesting things that i listened to is uh patrice o'neill's take on on the assassination of of uh osama bin laden which he says if you are a person in power or whatever in what scenario do you just dump the body out in fucking you know in the middle of the of the of the ocean it's like one thing that you looked at also that he talked about in this in this pod in this uh, old radio interviews during the time that they they killed uh osama bin laden obama's ratings were really low and that like boosted him look at that (laughs) boosted him up way you know almost to the level of 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 bush he says imagine if if they would have killed osama bin laden during bush's term bush would have ran bush would have probably been allowed to to be president like four more terms, and it, he he died right before elections, right? Uh, bin Laden. Yeah, right, yeah. right, yep, yeah, right before, yep, tw- twenty. What was it? Twenty eleven, I think. Twenty eleven, going into twenty twelve, and the, yeah, so his ratings skyrocketed up, and then the whole death of Osama bin Laden, like it was just sketchy. Like you know, I mean, even like, and this is something that Patricia Neal also, and I'm I'm referring to a comedian about something news related, but just a lot of it made sense. Like in every. Look at look at when they killed Gaddafi. They had a an American, um, an American. Uh, um, so what was the senator posing, smiling with the with the body? And that was after that was after Osama bin Laden. And is it just like they did when like Jesse James when they killed Jesse James or Che Guevara? They always when anyone who's like an enemy of the state or an enemy of whatever, they always you know and then. It just it just made the whole mystique of, oh that guy's already dead, <laughs> you know, even more because a lot of people said that that photograph of, of his death photograph was uh, fake, like they're saying it was uh it was Photoshop. Of Gaddafi uh, or of, of Osama bin Laden, the, oh. the one picture. I mean, photo- considering I, the fact that bin Laden's the the bin Laden family was supposedly a bunch of friends of you know the Bush family. Exactly. Um. Like, and going with the idea that all the former, a lot of the former presidents, since they run in the same circles, they're all best buddies. That's one of the theories. Then it is possible that out of, out as a favor to Bush and the CIA and whoever might have, and I'm, I'm just saying this is just theory here. I'm not saying this is what happened. Right. But under the idea that everyone's in cahoots with each other, um, and Obama goes, all right, well, let's make it look like we killed Osama bin Laden. Osama, you keep hiding because we're all secretly in the same club together. Um, 
and we'll go kill quote unquote you quote unquote right and everyone's happy because you know bush is my homie and he's actually you know your families are are good so i will not actually kill the real osama bin laden i mean i guess that's 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 i don't know i i i find it hard to believe that uh everybody is in cahoots because it's, it's sort of that thing where it's like i mean you gotta have you gotta have somebody up there with their own uh, opinions and wants it's possible on the other hand that obama just faked the killing of osama that rhymed uh just on his own like because he couldn't find the real osama you know what i mean maybe he was looking and he was like well i can't find the guy so i'll just i'll just kill off a a dummy you know what i mean well it just so, his whole death his whole death is just it doesn't i don't know it doesn't line up with the way they treat they take with the way they take out everyone else out that's all i'm saying like that that makes yeah. sense to me and yeah i mean i don't believe everyone's in cahoots but definitely the truth gets twisted around let's say let's say they you know for whatever reason they they had already killed him and like let's hold off on sharing this news because then how the fuck are we going to bring everyone back I mean, how the fuck are we going to keep people out here if he's already dead? Especially the people that were for, you know, the killing of Osama bin Laden uh, when 9-11 happened. All right, you killed him, right? What are we still doing here? A lot of that eventually gets other, you know. That's, that's so like, you think you don't you don't so, you don't kill. So you think it's possible that Osama had maybe died when they cornered him in the supposedly found him in the caves and. I mean, I'm not. They, it's it's possible. I mean, I and they just kept it a, a White House secret, a, like a government secret, for the next several years. I guess it's possible. I mean, anything's possible. I, I, at this point, <laughs> I'm not denying anything because it just I don't know. I mean, it, the way the way going back to the the manufacturer consent. And things are twisted around a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened. I, I just like, you know, I mean, the idea of it is definitely something that we that should would be talked about. There would have to be a whole lot of people keeping this secret, and then the question becomes: Well, at what point did Obama discover the secret that, you know, Osama had been dead for quite some time? You know what I mean? Like, when does is it something that the CIA briefed him on? Like, hey, we chose not to release this information to the public, but years ago we ran an op and we found the guy. We killed him. We just haven't we just haven't said anything because the the orders at the time were we need a reason to stay there. But now that you're president, we can kind of tell you this, but please, Mr. President, don't uh, don't say anything. And then that then it becomes up to Obama as to whether or not he feels it is right to go ahead and expose the previous administration's cover-up, or if he goes, you know, I might need this in my pocket for later. Or did they threaten him? Did they yeah. did they say something to him like, well, if you tell the American populace, well, the last time we had a president we didn't agree with, uh, John F. Kennedy, you've seen what happened to him. Exactly. Two bullets. <laughs> yeah. Two bullets, grassy knoles, son. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, what? That's how they were. And then... You know, I know that's that's obviously not how they worded it. They're not, they're well, not, I mean, they're not like hip hoppers. Everything, York, but. everything, everything you've mentioned is possible. The, I mean, what if, what if uh, Osama bin Laden was already dead by the time nine eleven happened? I mean, that's possible too. It was a different, it was a different world back so, then. This video.
Well, like they're well, they, it's not a, it's not possible. That kind of for stuff was just like pre-recorded beforehand. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying that it what is. Well, no, I'm just saying. You, well, I, I mean, I'll, they were all pre-recorded. I'll say, but all those, I'll say an interesting. You, you know those tapes that uh, he would release. I don't know. Like I mean, a lot. For, of, okay, there's this guy, Bill Cooper, who is uh, one of those most infamous. Uh, a very infamous uh, conspiracy theorist. He says a lot of crazy shit that I don't believe, but there's a lot of shit that kind of sometimes, whatever. He already passed. He died. I believe he died in uh, 2001, uh, but he had his radio show, and he worked for the White House. And, I, and I, again, like, I don't... The guy has some really crazy stuff in his books, and some of his theories are really out there about ufos but there's some stuff that he actually sometimes touched on one of the things was on his radio broadcast this is before 9-11 he said that the u.s was planning something and whatever it is they're gonna blame it on osama bin laden <laughs> it was but it was something big and i i don't know it just that kind of stuff just the whole and then the bush friends the bush family being friends with Osama, it, it, I don't know. It, it's like the the people were saying that there was a uh, there was explosives in the building. That's the least <laughs> of the. I mean, I would, of course, that's bad, but that's the least of the things that I, you know, that I look at when it comes to the whole nine eleven thing. So um, he he actually does talk about the the nine eleven thing um, in another video. He he doesn't believe that that it, that. Um, that the towers were knocked down by Americans. He says that, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't make any sense because they all ended up being uh, from Saudi Arabia, which which Saudi Arabia has a good relationship with the U.S. Um, yeah, and I think he t he, t he when he makes that statements, he tends to stick to things that that he can prove. Um, which I, I don't know. I think he doesn't go into detail in manufacturing consent, but what he does is he reads. Um, you know, official documents, things like military reports and things like that, and and he, he says that that's that's where you get a lot of a lot of these truths. Um, so the 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 whole thing about you know going to war against an enemy that in an unjust way, um, uh, is kind of all over uh, American history and probably all over in any history. Uh, I'm reading this book that, uh, about American history, and I'm, I'm right at the beginning. Well, actually, I'm somewhere in the 1800s, I think, 1700s. What, what, what book? It's called. Uh, here, let me get it. It's called. It's called a different, a different mirror, a history of multicultural America by Ronald Takaki. Oh, and yeah. so, right now, I'm reading about you know wars against Indians, and it's it's nothing but that. It's nothing but that, like you know. Killing, basically killing Indians, killing all these tribes, lying to them, saying treaties, and then going back on them, um, and 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 we know how they did it. Like I think it wasn't until like the '60s or '70s when when Americans started to to kind of reflect and be like, hey, you know what? These Indians weren't really that bad. And you get all these Western movies and Indian movies, or yeah, movies where the Indians are now all of a sudden not the bad guy. Uh, that's crazy though, because it's you know that it took that long for for us to realize that hey maybe we did the wrong thing uh but not long after that we've kind of just put it away and, and we don't talk about it and there's other wars you know there's the whole like after the industrial revolution is when when the u.s starts to do the same thing in latin america and 
you know, for with the Indians, it was for land and Latin America, it was for, for natural resources. Um, I, Cuba, it was, it was for sugar and, and, um, you know, uh, but, uh, we are also doing it now. It's in the Middle East for, for oil. Um, and I, I think we have, well, we, we have people in what, uh, Yemen and Syria, I think, um, and to touch real quick, just to touch on the Cuban thing, yeah, um, it's interesting because like if you look at advertisements, <clears throat> I, I don't know if you there's this documentary on Netflix called the Cuba Libre. Uh, yeah, I just finished watching it. <laughs> okay, oh, no, I remember the last two episodes. Oh, okay, but do you remember the sugar uh, during the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. when the sugar was a big deal? Mm-hmm. The advertise they showed like an ad in America that's like they were advertising sugar as healthy. <laughs> right. Right. Because they right. wanted it, yeah. Pretty much like the the pharmaceuticals right now, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny. It's like you know. Well, I I think like right now one of the things that gets attacked is, is is and if you I don't know if you guys have seen this where they merged all these news uh, stations, they lined them all up, and they all kind of uh, sound the same. Where it talks about uh they're, they're all talking about alternative news media because right now they're all trying to get your eyes off of those other independent journalists oh yeah yeah is that on youtube or what i'll send it to you guys it's 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 a creepy fucking thing man it's like very orwellian it came i think it was like last year Uh because during the or no actually it might be longer than that might have been during the elections yeah but um yeah like that's that's who they don't want you to look at whatever they don't want you to look at they they kind of uh throw something out there you know very i don't know and so Go ahead. During 9-11, during 9-11, I hated, like, or oh, I hated Saddam. You know, I remember, I remember we all hated Saddam, like that fucking evil bastard. Yeah, he was even living. the villain in uh, South Park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, so go ahead. Yeah, so, um, well, what, you know, it's pretty obvious to find out what the media does want us to hate, right? Um, yeah. Right now, for example, it's 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 crazy because um, you've seen the story going around about how the Chinese are killing Muslims. I think they're putting them in like concentration camps, and, yeah. and which you know I'm sure it's true. But what right do we have to point our fingers at that when we have kids in fucking cages? Yeah, you know. And I'm seeing it on my on my Facebook feed where people are sharing, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Are you not able to look at yourself? Are you not able to look at your own people? You know, it, it, to me, it just seems like it's just it's uh, it's a classic propaganda where it's like it, it's always easier to point the finger and right, yeah, right. And right now, China, like Trump, is like seen as the as the as the diff, like he's the he's China's the bully, and and Trump is is kind of shown as the. The guy that defends you from bullies, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And, so and, the, anything, know, anything anti-China is like the shit right now. And during our lifetime, we've had other other of these enemies that that the media wants us to look at. Um, you know, Iraq was was that for a long time. Uh, North Korea is that. Um, uh, Cuba, Russia, Russia, um, yeah. Venezuela. You know, a- any any Arab, any Arab. Like any 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 Arab of uh, whatever country, like just a- Arabs. Well, not as Arabs, yes, but, but if you look at movies, I'm talking about right. movies. Like absolutely. it's always yeah, absolutely. Uh, look yeah. at the movie for a stupid example, but the movie with uh with um 
Adam Sandler, like you don't mess with the Zohan, like mm-hmm. all the all the villains were all Arabs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the heroes are all uh are uh Israeli, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that is straight up propaganda right there. Like, yeah. you know? And that's a movie. You 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 would think that it's like, oh I can I can you know, my it's not the movies, it's the it's a you know, it's fucking everything. Every single thing. Video games. Video games are full of the same imagery. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um let's see. Oh, okay. So yeah, this whole thing with, with you know, um it's gonna get dark. We're committing genocide. We're we're currently committing genocide and you know, you have the whole thing in Yemen which which I'm not exactly sure how 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 exactly the U.S. is involved. I think it, we're we're supplying weapons to to the to the uh, Saudi Arabia, right? Uh, from when I, well, who see the thing is I don't know who is from when I from when I my understanding is yeah we're we're supporting Saudi Arabia because we have a good relationship with them. Yeah, so, so I think Yemen had a is or was having a civil war, and so Saudi Arabia is taking the side of 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 whatever the establishment was yeah so the u.s is providing regime. huh the regime yeah and so the u.s is providing weapons to saudi arabia which then saudi arabia is 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 killing you know the people it's, of yemen yeah um we're um and we did it to our own people um you remember hurricane katrina yep yeah uh yep. we we smoke we starve them out basically abandoned them yeah yeah but as soon as as soon as another another country does it that's not friendly with us right we're gonna point our finger yeah you know uh, like i remember i remember when when uh again going back to china when um the philippines had this major earthquake uh they criticized china for how much they i believe they they donated a hundred thousand. I don't know. So, so it was a really small, like you know, it wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. They got criticized by like all the news stations here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, hell, we we don't have to go far. Uh, right before our own protest, they were protesting in in Hong Kong, and the news media was was criticizing the Chinese government for not giving uh, Hong Kong residents their freedoms that they were asking for. And not long after that, we're having our own, and the, you know the the same uh, argument is not there anymore. You, you know what that does, man? Like like that like that criticizing another big nation for what they don't give their people. It, it makes us look at them, but it also makes them look like a very third world, uh, freedom starved country. Yeah, which we love to. We love that narrative. Yeah, you know, we that was the whole that was the whole thing that was there when uh, during the the invasion of Afghanistan. It's like it's like I know, fuck, but look at that motherfucker. You know, like I, yeah, I'm, look at that piece of shit over there. It's like a, a it's Felipe Sparsa joke. Like if I get like when you see another fat guy that's fatter than you, okay, if I get that fat, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> we did mention, um, you know, situations that we where we killed our own. Well, you know, kill our own people or let our own people die. And that was uh, Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Maria. Um, and, you know, these... Name it after Latin women. You notice that? Right, right. right. Hellfire of Fury. I know, right? Feisty, bro. Um, there's also the situation in Yemen. And then this next one is super controversial. 
but uh, uh, you know, Palestine. We know that, that it's the U.S. that's providing weapons to Israel, and then Israel is you know carrying out genocide, and it's and it's in that in that territory. Uh, there's there's two more recent ones which I don't remember. Hardcore gen, hardcore gentrification. Mm-hmm. You're talking I mean, about that's here. What doing. No, Palestine to the Palestinians. Yeah. yeah, and then you also have a lot of police brutality, and, uh, yeah. and I believe you have a straight up like you know starvation, like they cut they cut off uh, aid and things like that. Um, and then there's there's two more that that are that are you know happening right now, very recent, uh, and I don't know if we mentioned them. Uh, and that one is um, the the COVID situation where we've let yeah. a lot of people die um because we didn't you know there were no tests there was no ppe to the doctors there was no contact tracing um and now uh, well what the the news that just came out uh, i think a couple days ago was that the thing was that it was only happening in blue states or blue cities and so the plan of the of, of, of the administration was let it happen it'll make it look like it was a failure of of uh democratic governors and it'll help us out in the elections. Yeah, um, you know, a pretty bad plan. I think any any of us could have could have realized that, considering that the thing came all the way from China and now right. it's spilled all over. And the worst places are actually, I think, red states. Yeah. Um, and the other one is it's what's been happening to the immigrants. You know, the the, you know, the kids in cages is the worst, but there's the it's happening to all types of immigrants. Um, and especially with the immigrants, the numbers of people that are harmed are not going to come out immediately like we have a day-to-day -day count of, of of deaths and of uh of, of covid even though you know the numbers will keep changing as time goes on in terms of what's happening with immigrants those numbers we won't know them immediately um they won't just be the you know the people that from COVID, the people that are being disappeared the people traffic um there's also going to be a lot of long-term effects things like suicide or things like that um any thoughts on that on those things Um, it, I agree that, uh, things could have been handled, um, a little bit better, like way better, um, if leadership in the first place had taken it seriously, instead of saying it was a big hoax, we wouldn't have had such, we could have cut it off early, you know, could have nipped it in the bud. Um, Thank, thank I, God. I also think. Can you imagine how much worse we'd been off if we had Hillary in office? Oh my God! Actually, if we had Hillary in office, I'm pretty sure that the um, the stuff that Obama had established that uh, Trump got rid of would still be in place. Because you remember, he had a he had an office specifically built to handle pandemics. And one of the first things that like our president did when he came in was dismantle that. Because there so, hasn't been a pandemic ever. It was a waste of resources. There oh, was the Spanish flu new. in 1819, and there's diseases, new diseases being popping up all throughout and there's also, there's also his been, administration. There, there had also been, like, very recently, back-to-back, uh, -back, stuff that could have potentially became pandemic, like the swine flu. I was just flu. saying that. I don't know if you heard me, J.D., but I was just I saying, I did not like, hear you. <laughs> I hear you. 
I could barely hear. Yeah, you. I was just, or maybe I was about to say it, but yeah, like there have been diseases because I had said there have been diseases that have been popping up, and then you went, "Well, yeah." Plus, there have been. <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> you know you had a what's that what's that crazy African by Ebola? Yeah, Ebola. You know that that could have easily made it over here had had certain things not been handled right, and it, and I do believe it was because of the administration that was in charge of the time is the reason Ebola never made it over to the United States. That's barely this sucker made it over to the United States. <laughs> I'm glad you said waste of resources because that's actually a, a good a good um, a good you know way to tie it to to manufacturing consent, where you have uh, very few people that 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 um, that are controlling the narrative, and, and you know we have this thing where we think that everything has to exist for profit, you know, including our healthcare. And it doesn't even fit in our heads that maybe healthcare should not be run for profit. Had it, you know, what would it not? If it wasn't run for profit, we would be way more prepared for a pandemic. But, but and and we all believe it. I mean, you know, one of us just said it was wasting resources. What what do, what good does it do for us that the healthcare system uh, not waste resources? You know, um, we know that everything that's for profit, all the all the all that profit is siphoned. Uh, to, to very few people, you know, like your jobs, you guys don't see that profit. You guys are paid um, a wage and regardless of what the profit is, your, your pays don't go up. And, and can I say something yeah. that, that, that kind of ties into the whole, uh, we need someone like Trump cause he needs to run this like a business. Mm -hmm. This isn't a fucking business, man. Right. This is, it's like, yeah, you don't see the profit or the benefit of it, but that's, that's where you don't need a businessman at because this is this is some fucking opportunity scheme that, you know, this is protecting lives. And the other thing is that, you know, I bet the Democrats love this. Like we everybody we're blaming Trump and a lot of it is his fault. A lot of it is his fault. But it's not. Yeah. Trump. Oh, yeah. No, it's not just Trump. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. But, but no. the Democrats are probably happy. That, and, and I mean, granted. Granted, governors like the governor of Mississippi and the, the governor of Florida do have a hand in the in the absolute moronic decisions that they've made. Like I, I love how the governor of Mississippi had said in response to, to something that was addressed to him. We're talking about how like the Chinese were handling the COVID outbreak in their country and it worked over there. Maybe the, the governor of Mississippi should consider shutting things down. And his only response is, we're not China. That's that's not a valid reason self. You know what I'm saying? That's like saying, well, this incredibly successful strategy um, worked over here, and it was just simply wear a bulletproof vest in areas where guns are carried. And then you're like, well, I'm not James. That's not a good reason not to wear a bulletproof vest, dumbass. <laughs> good for you. You're not James. <laughs> the other thing that I've been very skeptical is about is how everybody's talking about the masks, right? Like, wear your mask, wear your mask. No, I don't want to wear my mask. Wear your mask. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's you know, give me my freedom. But uh, every what what the countries who solved things did. I mean, obviously they had masks, but they also had contact tracing. They had testing. Um, they had uh, you know a lot of places they canceled rent. They were getting they're getting paychecks. Um, and so I think as long as us are talking about masks, it's great for the elites because, you know, we're not talking about other things such as uh, putting money into contact tracing and things like that. 
You know, um, also, as much as the government has indeed, the institution, the the, uh, the administration has indeed failed us, um, even with the information floating around out there about, like, you know, uh, what the virus can do, uh, basics on how to, like, keep from getting it, the whole let's isolate and what have you, there are plenty of people who heard all that information and continue to go out anyway. So a lot of it is, you know, personal responsibility. You know, these fools going out there and partying and what have you and coming back and hugging their grandparents. Like, what's wrong with y'all? So, I mean, at the end of the day, like some of it is, you know, it's not like the stuff is, is ultra hidden at this point. People are still going out and partying like knuckleheads. Right. You know, and it's it, like we're and never going to get rid of this disease in part because and it's also, people do what they want. You know? It's not just partying. I mean, it's also like a perfect example of that. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I, where I've been working, I mean, we didn't really hear of any kind of any COVID cases or, or, or whatever. And uh, just this week, there was four people that were kicked out of the job site because of COVID, and they were keeping it quiet, which was kind of upsetting because it's like, dude, that's you know, one case is 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 too much. So now that was four, uh, I believe Wednesday. And today there was one more, and then uh, I just got a call tonight. And like, okay, um, we should have done it. Like, we should have done this a long time ago, but uh, we can't come back to work until the eleventh. And yeah. I, you know, it, it's it, it's crazy to me because like, who who knows how long these four, you know, were sick, and we were all walking around. I mean, we're all wearing masks. There's got. There's like a an assigned guy walking around with Clorox wipes, who's wiping everything where any kind of any any con any like bathrooms handrails, but it's, it's just you know the company decided off. We just sent those four home and we just keep the shit going, because <laughs> you know shit's got to get done. And that's that's all falls into their responsibility where like whoever was in charge should have made that call like yo, you know, one case, everybody get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they probably did make that call to keep it quiet because it seems like a lot of places are doing that. Yeah, and I, 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 I yeah, I actually today on on the the fifth case, I actually spilled the beans. Wow. Myself. <laughs> but fuck it, yeah. I heard overheard it and I told my boss. So um, this is one of those times where like you know snitching is okay. Fuck yeah, especially with a pandemic like this. Nah, fuck that, man. I, I told... I, it's I, not even snitching. It's doing the right not, thing at yeah, that right, point. Yeah, yeah. Snitch, yeah, no. Definitely. So so the next uh, quote... Saving lives. Exactly. So the next quote I want to read from the from the movie is... Um, uh, there's a part where, where he says, Noam Chomsky says, uh, right after the Iran-Contra hearing... So Iran-Contra, I guess it was um, they... Uh, Iran had uh, had captured some Americans, and um, what's the name? Uh, the the Ronald the Reagan oh, uh, no. sold sold weapons to Iran in order to get uh, the to release the the, the, the the hostages, right? And use that money to fund uh, um, for, to fund a war in in Nicaragua to to overthrow uh, the government there. Yeah. Um, Don't forget about the drug trade. Yep. So used to fund Nicaragua. Okay. Coke. Well, they they use they use the, the contrast to to pass some of the shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So 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 the quote is right after the Iran Contra hearings, 
a lot of good reporters understood this this uh things are going to are gonna be a little more open for a couple of months he says they ran stories that they knew they couldn't talk about before uh and then somebody else says the same after watergate and, and he says uh then it closes up again right so what, what he's saying is that when there's something like that happening uh people are more receptive to hearing about how really how messed up the world is uh but only for a short amount of time I think that we're living in that right now. I think, you know, with all this protesting, with people not being able to work and things like that, um, I think we're at that moment where we're going to hear a lot of how the world really works. But this tells us that it, that's a very limited time. It won't be like that forever, right? Uh, probably by this time next year, we're going to be right back to most people being thinking that everything's okay. You know, based on, there's one thing that... Uh... I was actually just watching something today, and it was a, a conversation between, you know, whatever. It, but but it's 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 crazy that the that like when you really look into what's going on all over the world. Um, a perfect example of this. I was I, I, something I didn't know about. Obviously, you know, I mean, slavery still exists, right? You know, that's 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 known. But I just I heard something that got kind of got into details of, of of it, of how like China and some uh, like Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, those countries are like practicing slavery the way it was practiced back in the day with Africa. They go wow. in, in Africa and they take um, they take young children, kids, and then they bring them to these camps where they're cramming like thirty something into a room. And they're the ones working in the, you know, the butlers, the the cleaning, um, and it's stuff like that. You don't, it, you really gotta look for it to find it. Yeah, it's not gonna be reported. A perfect example where you were just talking about also is, have you guys seen the movie Kill the Messenger? Mm -mm. Okay, well that's that goes into uh, a reporter who from San Jose, the San Jose Mercury who went and, like, he was going to do a story about the crack epidemic back in the 80s. So you're talking about, the, I believe, this was like during Ronald Reagan's time. Mm -hmm. um, and he discovered that the CIA was involved in the whole crack epidemic, which the contrast from what I, I it's been a while since I watched it, but he went to Mexico and he, I believe he also went to uh, uh, Nicaragua, and he discovered that the CIA was heavily involved in bringing over the cocaine that eventually got cooked up to become crack. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, that guy died of suicide by two bullet holes in his head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's just those stories that you don't find. How do you shoot you yourself know? twice in the head? Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's ruled as a suicide. Right. Yeah, yeah I highly, highly recommend that. That'd be a good one to we could talk about eventually. But it all falls into, um, basically what we're talking about because it, it's it's these stories that don't that don't get talked about. And uh, you know, we we'll talk about Kardashians before right? we talk about some shit. Yeah, yeah. In the news, and, and 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 you know, one thing this guy that I used to, it was an old friend of mine who his parents and his uh, I'm sorry his family members in in Mexico were deeply involved in, in news they worked in they worked in some I forgot what it what now maybe Univision 
Mm-hmm. Um, whenever there's a big scandal, a big story, um, it's usually to cover something bigger up. Yeah, everybody's been saying that. Uh, whenever that happens, I'm like, okay, what is it? What is it? And I can't find it, but you know, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and it's it's crazy because it's either something being passed. <laughs> yeah. Or or yeah or some the the one that I was able to to, to make the connection was this whole uh, with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, yeah. Like that was pretty obvious. Like you know, we know what's going yeah. on. Right, and it wasn't that like. Wasn't that an old story right. already? Right. Wasn't that like, yeah, you know, like, so, yeah, it, it just, it's easy to, to, I mean, especially if you, if you, if you, if that's your, I think from what I, what I got from this, which is, you know, it's, it's something that I, in a way I already know, but it's, this, this describes it perfectly. Don't depend on the, you know, the, 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 CNNs and the and the CNBCs to give you the news. I mean, yes, it's a good it's a good source of news, but yeah. just don't depend it as your primary yeah. and only source of news. Right, right, right. Um, so uh, the next quote I want to move on to is um, uh, he says uh, Noam Chomsky says in the movie, "The point is you have to work. That's why the propaganda system is so successful. Very few people are going to have time." the energy or the commitment to carry out the constant battle. And later on in the movie, he says another thing uh, towards the end. He says, the beauty of our system is that it isolates everybody. Each person is sitting alone in front of the, of the tube. Uh, nowadays it's, you know, phone, tablet, laptop. He says, it's very hard to have ideas under those circumstances. You can't find the fight, the world alone. Um, the way you do is through organization. Um, so, you know, as somebody who's been unemployed most of my life, like, it's very clear. Uh, I mean, for me, it was like, you know, I want to be creative and make movies. It's like, you, it, it's harder. It's harder if you work eight hours, you commute, you know, another two hours, uh, and you get home and you're tired. And you, the, all you really want to do is, you know, watch the Kardashians or whatever, play some video games. Um, and with, 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 the, with, the, um, with the economy getting worse and worse, like, you have to work even more hours. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't work 40 hours. They, they're working 50, 60 or, you know, above that. Uh, yeah. Even more. Last year we were working 12, 12 hour shifts, seven days a week. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, did, were you able to catch that, uh, Joaquin? Uh, yeah. About people working ridiculous hours. Yeah, and not not you're not being able to pay attention to to what's really happening. Um, you know, that's something that that I um I thought about the oh dang it the protests. Um, more people protested, I think, over George Floyd than previous killings, and I think it's because so many people were out of work; they had the time to do it. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, here, here, here's a thought that I had because of that. Yeah, that that's one of the good things. That, that's one of the good. Uh, I don't want to say good things, but you know, in a way, I'm glad that there was not a you know that everyone had had t- the time to be active for that. But I also thought, and is this just me being 
the guy that doesn't trust, you know, because, uh, cause, I mean, of course, this was all, this, I mean, this, we heard about this story through the media. And uh, who, 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 like, I mean, I mean, of course, it was everybody, but the majority of the people that were out protesting for this were colored people because, you know, we saw ourselves on the floor, like, George, you know, as George Floyd. And during the pandemic, this 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 comes out we're all gonna come we're all gonna be close like i i was just thinking like did this in a way kind of happen on purpose because there is a pandemic and this is gonna force people to go out you and know be go ahead no no go ahead you know what though it wasn't mainly black people that were protesting see that oh, was... no I'm not, I'm not i'm not saying mainly i'm 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 I, i'm saying it was everybody but it was you know of course so this is what i saw right I would turn on CNN or any of those. I think all, all those channels are close together. And I would just watch them because I wanted to know how they were covering it. And uh-huh. the cameras were focusing on black people. But then uh, there's this YouTube channel uh, called um, Unicorn Riot. Um, and they straight up, they just put the camera. They're not, they're not like editing. They're not, you know, they're not um, presenting it for, for a five minute special. It's like they just sit the camera there and let you see everything. And it was mostly white people, dude. They were like mostly white people uh, in their twenties and you know early thirties. Right. No. And it, no I, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. That, that's. I didn't. Of course. It, it. It sounds worse when I said it like that. I'm just talking about the people that would that would go and protest for that. Yeah. Yeah. It just happened that that they are all the ones out there, and with the pandemic going on, you know. Yeah. It, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, for, from their point of view, I just like, I'm wondering if they saw that as an opportunity because I'm sure after, after those protests, the COVID cases got even higher and look at where we're at now. It's even higher than it was, you know, it's, it's going up. I'm seeing it closer and closer, man. Like, you know, I just, but, uh, but I, I think that where the, where it's going higher is not the same as where the protests are happening. Right, I mean, I would have to see the, yeah, yeah, I would have to see the, the data on that. But I, yeah, I totally went off off the rails there. With <laughs> just had to get that thought out. So, um, you know, um, or we need organization, right? Uh, that's that's one of the things that uh, Noam Chomsky says. But like, the scary thing is that organization through social media, we we know that it's monitored, right? Yeah, uh, Facebook keeps getting into trouble for, for things like that. Um, I was I was following. I was trying to do some some you know watching some news reports on the on the Arab Spring and uh, specifically I think it's the Egyptian Revolution, and so they you know they start protesting against the I think it's a dictator, and they're 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 getting all these protests done through social media and so what what the government does you talking about recently no this was uh this was like 10 years ago like oh okay okay yeah yeah yeah. like i think like maybe 2011 or something like that yeah okay and um so then the government bans the leaders social media uh but what it did is it made the protest even bigger uh, and more powerful because they were they were community they were uh, communicating person to person um as opposed to you know, through social media where they could be uh, monitored. Hmm. 
So, so the next quote um, is, is, is he says, uh, how, how do we make media more democratic? Uh, he says, how do we make corporations more democratic? And he says, through social rev uh, revolution, which, you know, I, I think it's what's happening right now with the, with the protest uh, and then the, the, the demand to defund uh, police. Um, <laughs> I would love to be optimistic and think that we're going to get real change. Uh, I'm not so convinced. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think Joaquin. Uh, I've heard you say you're you're a little bit more positive on on the situation. Positive on the situation. Yeah, you said that the the you're more hopeful that there will be actual change through, through the protests. I mean, what can one do other than hope? Right. Hope and act if you can. Um, definitely. That's that's a hard one, man. I mean, because look at this. I think the the closest, uh, the closest it's ever gotten, and I think it would it it probably had the most impact was the '60s. The '60s uh, was a very, you know, you know that that seemed like that. I mean, what they were pushing for, it didn't happen all the way. But goddamn, it, it it made a huge impact, and it did make a lot no, of change. No, no, Noam Chomsky in in um, manufacturing consent brings up uh, how social movements start, um, and not not how they start, but he brought up, you know, um, as far as their time frame. He's okay. So the feminist movement was sort of barely starting in the 60s. The environmentalist movement was sort of barely starting in the 70s and other movements, civil rights, all that. But now it's, you know, and those things were barely a part of the conversation. They were considered to be something that was impolite to mention, even on the news. And now it's become a part of the conversation. And I, and he didn't, he didn't follow this. I was, I was hoping he was going to follow this up with like a more direct analysis of that, but I'll give that here. I have read that most people tend to be rooted. Most people when they're adults tend to be rooted into their beliefs. No matter what evidence or emotional appeal you make, they are whatever persuasion of thought at that point in time, unmovable. However, the key to changing society isn't necessarily to change the hearts of people who are already running things. Uh, it is to educate the youth. So you have a bunch of young people growing up and learning about uh, the environment or learning about, you know, it's the idea that, oh, it's totally fine uh, to sit next to this African-American kid at my lunch counter, even though I'm not African-American myself. You know, they're, they're taught this through media, through school. As an example, as far as the environmentalist situation, I mean, that, I think all of us here that in itself is a success can say, what they did in the 60s like you just said right right but it takes and it takes generations of uh, of teaching the young yeah. you know what i mean how to you know what i mean it's sort of like the young are more receptive to this new stuff so it's like you have people like us who've grown up like i remember watching captain planet and the planeteers yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean there's a whole generation of people watching that who are like maybe i should throw my my garbage in the garbage can instead of like you know just on the ground like a jerk <laughs> yeah 
that's a huge thing. And otherwise, the green-haired freak is going to come and, like, drop me off the side of a building or something. Yeah. You, you know what was crazy to me? Um, people might... Okay, this is something that I didn't realize till I was older, how privileged I was. Um, people my age from other parts of California, not that far, just other parts of California... They, they they told me they didn't learn about Malcolm X uh, or the Black Panthers or the the Brown Beret and the Chicano movement in high school. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't? <laughs> like, no, never. You did? Yeah. I, yeah. That's T. You're another one of those. I learned about all that in elementary, dude. I learned about the Mexican Revolution from my dad, you know, which I always, whatever. Um and like when it comes to, yeah, like the Emmett Till story, I learned all about all of that in, in uh, elementary and middle school, high school, like all throughout, you know. And um, I met people my age that didn't learn about that till after high school in some, you know, some movie or whatever. I still haven't seen the Spike Lee Malcolm X movie because I wrote so many papers on Malcolm X. But that's just an example of, like you said, teaching the youth that is very important, man. You know what's uh, what I learned in film school was that um, kids' movies tend to be a lot more progressive. Uh, adult movies, you know, the villains are, are either represent women or they represent immigrants or you know things like that. Yeah, Prop- uh, or prop- rep- propaganda. Yeah, whereas yeah. kids' movies tend to be a lot more progressive. Uh, I didn't pick it up, but what's that movie where um, Zoo Zootopia? Uh, uh, yeah. It's all about well, it's about racism. Yeah, that's I what I didn't realize that. that. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Uh, I was watching. I was watching a horror movie. It was. It was a CGI movie for kids, and it's. A, you know, it, the the ghosts are not bad or the monsters aren't bad. They they're they're given kind of a humanity. Which movie again? I don't remember. It was. It was. It was some some scary movie about for kids. Okay. Uh, something recent. How, I don't know. Sound like Monsters Inc. Maybe. Yeah, that might be it. No, 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 no. That uh, it's a newer no. one, more recent one. Uh okay yeah 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 no that that's is it a Japanese anime no no it's a it's a like not Pixar but you know American uh, Disney oh maybe not Disney I don't know it, uh, the kids were watching it I just happened to like sit down for a little bit but I was able to catch okay catch well that's that, that like Pixar films man they're yeah. yeah like um I mean I'm of course the 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 the, the and I've heard I've heard um what's his name uh. Archimedes say this about like Dragon Ball Z, like it, it you know, the importance of discipline. Like that's what he says that that show is, was all about to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah to I, me too. Yeah, I agree. yeah, I, yeah. I never seen, <laughs> I never seen so. I, but you know, it's when it comes to I, like for right now, these these a lot of these kids have access to, and a lot of them, especially because the youth are really the forefront for this whole movement right now. There's a lot of youth involved. Um, they, they they have that energy that those, for the most part, from what I've seen, they have that energy that those teens in the '60s had. But then they have access to you know like social media, and that's yeah. that to me is a big fucking, uh, that's a huge win. Like imagine if those kids from the '60s had access to social media the way we do. I will forever be impressed by the uh, K-pop stands. Uh, you guys know about that? No, what, uh, what, I, well, I know what K-pop is, but oh, where they, they 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 uh, hacked the the feed 
to redirect some. Yes, yes. What did what did they do? So the thing I'm impressed about was that they uh, when at one of uh, Trump's rallies, you had the RSVP. Oh and so yeah, RSVP, and that's why it was it was empty. And they bought all the tickets, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> insane, dude. Like these. That these... reminds me of, of something. Um, that reminds me of something a, a Fifty Cent did to Ja Rule two years ago. Right. Ja Rule went to go perform somewhere, and then he bought out all the tickets. The, the, fr- the, ja the front row, had to right? Perform in front yeah. of an empty. Huh? Was it? Oh, it was the whole thing. I thought it was just the front row. It was. Yeah, it was the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, ja Rule had to perform in front of an empty stadium. Dang. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's <laughs> paid. Hey, hey, I you, mean, he hey, got his money though. Hey, you, yeah, exactly. That that fuck it. I don't give a fuck. I could, just, I would, just, I would have just chilled and been on my phone. On the, <laughs> gives a fuck. Yeah. You know what? And it makes sense. It makes sense why that guy got shot nine times. You see this shit every day. All, <laughs> the, all the fucking trolling he does. Like, yeah, I bet somebody did shoot you nine times, motherfucker. Like this. <laughs> Damn. No, no, no. I, no, he wasn't doing that till after he got shot. That's what. No, nah, that's what made him nah. into a troll. Hell, I don't know. I've known trolls. You don't that turn into his life. He lost heck of weight. Was that? <laughs> he became an ass. He be- yeah, I think he's always been like that, man. Like he just he didn't have the money that he had before, and like now it's doubled. I've all, I've always wanted to be a troll. I, I you you don't just it. shoot somebody nine times for some. <laughs> for- yeah, no. I mean, they shot him because he was like, he was exposing uh, the illegal business of an old snitch. school Queens gangster. He snitched. That's what I and mean. and he did it on a song, and you could argue that the song was fair game, but I guess Supreme didn't like that, so he handed the hit down. Supposedly, it went through Ja Rule's management, Irv Gotti, and they paid a guy to go shoot him nine times, and then he survived. And wasn't it a that, it backfired on him because that's what that's what ironically that's what skyrocketed his career. Wasn't that a, wasn't it a guy? Uh, oh well, the guy the guy that shot him wasn't it a rapper? No, no, he was a street guy, some oh, dude okay. named Hamo. Oh, I, I, yeah, that I, I, was a long time ago. I watched this documentary about their beef. And uh, yeah, no, never mind. Uh, you know, anyway, we're going off. So, yeah. so okay, so the next quote I want to I want to mention is uh, so he says, "Economic institutions ought to be run democratically by the participants, by the community." And this is something I've been learning about recently, right? We we every every American loves democracy. We love we love democracy. We, we you or where they it. love they love saying that they love democracy a lot. No, you know what? I, this one I actually believe like. Out of, you, could, you could criticize American uh, um, society for a lot of things, but I, personally, I believe that we do love democracy. But we have democracy in our in our government structure, but we don't have democracy in our economic structure, right? That's true. We, well, okay, so you could argue that to a degree there is what they call the free market. Meaning, I mean, people would argue that that is a form of democracy. Like, in, on a small scale, you have Pepsi and Coke. Well, uh, in this example, more people, let's say everybody shifted over to Pepsi for like six months. Coke goes out of business. We voted for Pepsi over Coke. But that's as far as it goes. I'm pretty sure that's not what you mean when you say uh, – uh, 
and and uh, sort of a economics directed by democracy but that's that's kind of what i think an establishment person would argue you know yeah um so you know uh, in other lectures that noam chomsky gives he talks about how this uh what, what, how do you, what did you call it um free market is not really a free market it's just kind of the freedom for 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 the elites to exploit uh everybody else um what was i going to say um cuz it, it seems like that's why our 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 politics are screwed up because they're run by big money right so someone said that the that mm-hmm. the, the the reason what was the quote the fact that some of these company a lot of these companies no are, also in the documentary does mention that there are a few communities that run under this sort of uh, economically democratic system. He didn't go in at length, I don't think, in the documentary as to describing how they work. It was very brief. But I was intrigued. I was like, tell me more. Uh, what were you saying, J.D.? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, this is something I was listening to, is that the, the fact that a lot of these big corporations are outsourcing their 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 shit overseas for, like, you know, shit labor i mean not shit labor but like low wages that that in itself is proof that they don't like free market <laughs> right like true cap true capitalism scares those guys right absolutely absolutely um so so i want to i want to touch on the on the the common enemy right um communism it, it was a it was a horrible word even when i was in high school and it kind of still is. Uh, I hear less and less, but I remember it was it was normal for people to joke, kids to joke around like "goddamn commie" things like that, right? Uh, I don't hear kids talk, say that anymore. But um, can, can I share something really funny? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. When you're talking about that, uh, you, you said you watched the Cuba Libre documentary. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you remember. If you, you said you didn't finish it, but there was this. this I finished uh, it yesterday. Okay. Well, do you remember the part where Fidel was asking his crew? who was going to be the economist of the country. Yeah. And uh, uh, what was it? Che Guevara said, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to, I guess he heard in Spanish, the word is... Uh, communist. Yeah. He's like, I'm a communist. I'm a communist. He meant like communist, economist. He, he mixed up the word. And then like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you're in. So he became the economist. What he meant to say, communist. Yeah. <laughs> So they made him the economist. Anyways, I just wanted to put that that out. That was that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So so I've been listening to this other guy. His name is uh, Richard Wolf. Have you guys heard about him? I've heard of him. So he's an economist, right? And he he very much um uh um wants to see socialism, you know, more prominent. And so he talks about how I. Uh, and, and Noam Chomsky says this too, where where you have the Bolshevik Revolution, and I think they're like, okay, you know, communism for everybody, socialism for everybody, Marxism for everybody, um, which I guess to lay the foundation, it took a really long time, and you know, after after so much time, people people don't really, we don't we don't have a lot of patience, and so they hadn't achieved communism yet, but uh, Stalin, seeing that people were were upset, was like. Okay, we're done. This is communism, but really, the only thing they had was that the the state controlled all the resources, as opposed to what we have here, where all the resources are controlled privately, right? Um, 
but we know that the 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 soviets had a a lot of poverty um we know that cuba had it um and so it wasn't according to richard wolf it was not true socialism um even though they did i think they did have a lot of a lot of programs uh that helped people um but there were still a lot of issues um so noam chomsky says that 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 the soviet union union wrongfully called its system communist and then the u.s who was the enemy of the soviet union also wrongfully called the soviet union communist communist and turned the word communist into a, basically a bad word um Tommy scum. Right, right. So Richard Wolf talks about um, what's called the co-op, the work co-op. Uh, are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So basically, it's um, workers own the business. Right. Um, which is not what we have here. Um, we we have a few in Berkeley, don't we? Oh, do we? Like I've seen a few workers co-op places like uh, what the cheese board factory. Yeah. Some businesses that are supposedly owned by the people that work for the business a, oh, lot, okay. a lot actually are up and coming like like a lot of the breweries that's are an they? example i mean you know that's i think yeah. it's a smaller scale than what you're probably talking about but yeah it's, you know. right um and so a lot of a lot of issues with our um with our economy i think can 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 be directly pointed at at at, at our current capitalist system right you have you have the people at the top controlling it and so if they see that they can make uh they can save money by moving to china they're going to do it and then those of us working at the bottom like good luck right we we don't have a say um with the with the whole uh he richard wolf talks about how that could have saved the pandemic right where um because it's not profitable to store um supplies to fight a pandemic they didn't do it uh, a lot of a lot of our healthcare i think is privatized um were not privatized um maybe we wouldn't have had that issue um so i watched uh, i watched this documentary i think just yesterday about about there's a uh, i think the city is called mondragon in in spain and uh it's a two, small two documentaries in one day jesus Christ, dude i have been nonstop, nonstop. <laughs> I, I was telling phil it's exhausting <laughs> um so the city has 24,000 people, and I think most of the population works in, in these co-ops. And it's a very diversified co-op, right? Um, they, they, they manufacture, I think, appliances, but they also have other departments. And they have a financing department or, or, or a bank, it, it's own, it, which is part of its own structure, also a co-op. They have a research and development uh, department and, and other stuff that you know I didn't understand. Uh, but what they talk about is that if it was just one department, like you said, uh, what were some of those businesses that you guys like a brewery? You know, a brewery can easily go under regardless of whether it's a co-op or or not. Uh, but because this one diversified, because it's it's such a big, um, it, it, it's many different companies working together, they were able to survive the crash of two thousand eight. So what happens is, you know, some of the departments were were not were making less money, so they simply just moved a lot of those workers over to the departments that were still surviving um i would love to see that <laughs> i would love to see that here uh during my lifetime i mean 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I know other countries, well, do you think we ha we have it better during a pandemic here than other countries do? Absolutely not. I think we're the worst one in the world. Because I talked to someone who is in, um, well, I mean, it depends on the country. Because I know some countries, uh, you know, they're not working and they're getting like, a, well, what is it? Do you know what Canada is doing? Yeah, they're getting they're getting paychecks. They're getting uh, paychecks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, yeah, they're they're well off. I know someone who is in the Philippines, and and uh, they're telling me. I'm oh, sorry, not the Philippines. Um, she she's in. Uh, uh, damn it! Where is it? Where, where Russell Simmons currently lives? I forgot. Um, anyways, somewhere in Asia. Um, okay. Uh, and they're not. You know, you gotta have you gotta have money just to go in to see a doctor. They won't even see you without, just like Mexico, you know. Yeah. You, know, you, you you gotta have money, like just to just to set up the appointment. Yeah. Um. I I don't. Yeah. It, the the fact that they don't have a system in place for that, like right now they're still debating, or did they finalize anything for the second stimulus? No, no. I uh, because they had they had all taken a long weekend break. Uh, but I don't know what uh, I don't uh, know where we're where yeah, we're they're at. Going on, they're going on vacation. We'll talk yeah. about this. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um, you know, we, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to 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 any countries that are not, you know, the richest countries in the world. Well, uh, exactly. Yeah. When we are the richest country, according, you know, to us. Yeah. So, so I was watching another lecture, and 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 Noam Chomsky talks about how no nobody's talking about this work co-op city, you know. Um, if 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 people were talking about it, all of us would be curious, wouldn't we? I mean, I don't know. I I've been broke. I've been broke this whole time, uh, and I could just join the race, but like, I don't know. I feel like things shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't be uh, in a right race. Uh, I don't know. Well, in the film, isn't there something about this country next to uh, Indonesia? Is it was in Indonesia? Where the way they lived, you know, they didn't want anyone knowing about that. So they paid, they helped. Uh, what was it, Indonesia? Was it um, uh, Cambodia? The, where the genocide happened? Yeah. Yeah, Cambodia. Cambodia. That's, you know, like you said, that's why they wouldn't. We wouldn't be able to hear about them, because, you know, they the way their lifestyle like it, it's anything that's super progressive or that's ahead of its you know that's not that's not what we have. It, it's a threat. They don't want you seeing, you know. They would they would put forward effort to dismantle that. Yeah. Just so you don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so another quote in the movie, he says, uh, "Sane, sensible, reasonable people observing in, in just injustices uh, is scarier than a Hitler." Uh, or you know, uh, we like to blame Trump right now. He says that, that was what I added. He says these people would not operate, meaning you know, a dictator would not operate were it not for apathy. Um, it says sane, reasonable, and tolerant people share a serious burden of guilt. They they easily throw on the shoulders of others who seem extreme and violent. 
Uh, and we, we know we love to do that, right? We love to talk about dictators from other countries. We love, love to talk about, you know, like I said, Trump. We love to, uh, but at the end of the day, and you know, this is hard to, this is a hard pill to swallow at the end of the day. All of us could easily end that, right? Not easily. A lot of blood will be shed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think that um, I think that in this society we can do it. I don't know. I mean, it's never been done, so maybe not. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you, 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 I'm sorry. That what would be done again? If we all knew what was going on, and yeah. you know, this, if we are most people would want to end all these injustices, but we don't. It's like if you you show everyone. Yeah, perfect example is a pandemic. Just please put on your mask to save lives and stay home. And like you know, there's... and yeah. then like no, I refuse. No, I think the same thing would happen. If you, you like you said, if you educate it, there's always going to be those that are nah, nah. Um, you know, and what you put it out there, you mm -hmm. put out the truth. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, look at all the things that Trump said before his like he got elected. That's just an example, and he still got elected, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it takes a lot to move people, man. Yeah. You got to really be fucking angry. I think like something like a nuke or no, nah, I don't want to say it like that. didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, even that didn't do it. Yeah, I think it's the, so it's the anniversary of, of, of Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think any, I don't think there, I don't think. Go ahead. I don't think there's like a, a right or wrong answer. Because even if something did like catastrophic happen, I think we would turn on ourselves first before we looked at the problem yeah unfortunately yeah so so i guess uh we'll we'll use the you know the rest of the time to well, what did you guys think you know anything that you haven't said what did you guys think about the, the documentary oh um I, I, overall i liked it yeah what i did what i didn't like about it is just there was to, to a certain extent there was really nothing new that i got from it it was just uh someone's interpretation in a it, it just super detailed yeah yeah that, that's what it felt like but I, overall i liked it it's just certain things i didn't like about it that was you know but goddamn those details you know the he, way he describes it he's really good at it right he's really good at it yeah, yeah. And, which i'm glad he's still alive because he's still i've seen some of his recent stuff yeah and 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 yeah the the, the way I, I, the first time I, I I saw an interview with him, it was uh, uh, Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine, which yeah. I, I don't know if you know. I saw I it recently. You saw that interview? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the first time I ever heard of Noam Chomsky, and it, he's one of those dudes that like his his stance hasn't changed. He's like immovable. Like he's he's on the truth, and those people that are on the truth, you you can't really. You can't fuck with them, man. Like whatever their their stance is, it stays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What about Can't you, with the jo- truth. Joaquin? What uh, in general? What did you think of the documentary? I thought it was very good. It was. It's. It's always refreshing to see a well-constructed critique on media and media representation. And um, I thought the the visuals paired with the documentary, I mean, obviously it's a film's visual piece. I thought the documentary was, was done well as far as visual aesthetics and pacing. I wish that they had focused a bit more on the solutions that Chomsky present it like because a lot of it was sort of like all right the problem is that the media is masking things and we're not told the truth and we don't have access or freedoms to this and just like a little bit more on what we the steps we can take to i i I, but ironically you know it felt like yes this documentary came out but then i had the thought wait what if whoever made this documentary didn't want the solutions to come out huh Mm -hmm. right masking it so it looks like we're hearing everything chomsky have to say but really we're not ah proof that the documentary proved his point that's kind of that's kind of like uh that that reminds me of what joaquin just said it's like when you say i'm gonna lose weight to someone else like you say that to someone else you're like yeah but then you never do it because you just hearing it is good enough Yeah. And that's that's yeah, that's kind of the taste I got from that. So I've gotten a couple. Oh, of, I agree. I've gotten a couple of people send me um, conspiracy theory documentaries, and you know because I respect them, I, I watch them, but then I, I share my my opinions on them. And what I like about this documentary is that it makes it super simple, like how to how to look into things like that, like. Um, for example, um, flat Earth, right? You, you've heard about the flat earthers. Uh, they say that the government is lying to you. That um, things like that, right? So, but Chomsky says the same thing: the government is lying to you. But when you look at why, it's it's usually you just follow the money. And with something like flat Earth, uh, it's a lot harder to do that. Uh, the other thing that I think is going on right now, and, and I know very little of it, but I suspect that it's it's one of these conspiracy theories, is the whole um, uh, Pizzagate and uh, uh, what's it called, the pedophile ring that all these celebrities are all pedophiles. And, you know, I've, you guys have heard of that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. With uh, the Wayfair Epstein now. Epstein didn't kill himself. Right, yeah. right. The, way, the, way, the Wayfair thing now going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, can I say something about that though? Like, um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, because when you, when I watch something like this, as opposed to, you know, watching whatever, like an alien documentary, uh, about, you know, whatever conspiracy theory, this, you can't really, I, I, for me personally, you can't really classify this as conspiracy. Right. I mean, cause it, I mean, yes, it's it's in the form of that, but like, this is dealing with documented real stuff, right? That's proven, and when you lump it in with with um with like UFOs, and I'm not saying that the Pizzagate shit isn't real, but when you throw that in there with some other stuff that's weird, towards like ah, when you lump this together with that, it kind of discredits everything this is, is is got right there. When you just 
you know label this as a conspiracy uh documentary yeah it, it you know <laughs> and i'm not you saying s- that that elites aren't aren't you know molesting kids i'm sure there's oh, no, definitely that's 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 yeah no my, my issue with the movement is that i think it's claiming that if you if you put all these pedophiles in jail then the world will be better because uh, yeah. because right. there's there's fucking everyday regular people i mean kids would be safer yeah yes but, but like, uh, I, there's, I think there's like regular people doing this shit too you know like it's not just those celebrities right there's a lot of people their uncle whatever you know no, it's no, I a, understand that. I mean, you have to. I'm, my point is, is that for everyone you lock up, there's at least one kid that's a bit safer. You right, know? Yeah, it's one definitely. Out of less. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. When it when it comes to like call like calling this conspiracy, um, it it well, you know, because there are people that will call this oh just conspiracy theory bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that totally discredits the truth in it, which sucks because you know, uh, like stuff like this or the JFK assassination or oh you know stuff like that. When you lump it in with the bullshit, like the the flat Earth, which yeah. you know, I don't know, I don't I don't really like to get into that because it just there's a lot of like, and I, you know I don't I'm not a big fan of his, but Joe Rogan says is when you when you there's a lot of credible and real conspiracies that we could talk about and when you talk about other stuff that's kind of bullshit like who gives a fuck whether bigfoot exists or not you know right <laughs> not gonna make the world better if we well, find also the flat earth thing like who gives a fuck like i mean what what i don't know it, it for me personally i don't give a shit whether it's flat or not <laughs> you know what how the fuck does that affect you like you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. um so yeah uh, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because of that. Um, so, so another thing I want to say is, uh, and I noticed this when when Bush was president, like, you know, living in California, everybody was unhappy with Bush, and now everybody is unhappy with Trump, and you would hear a lot of bad shit that's going on. You know, what happens when when uh, when a Democratic president gets into office? Uh, well, did, <laughs> I've, I've said this before, man, and, like, it feels like a good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, good cop, bad cop. Like, uh, all right, you, like, uh, we're playing hot potato, like, social hot potato. <laughs> it's like yeah. four years of this, four years of that. Four, or, yeah. you know, eight, eight years eight, of this, yeah. eight, eight years of that. I'm not, yeah. And that's what it feels like. And that's kind of what I... What I felt with uh, the DACA thing, like in in Obama, oh, yeah, the DACA, that's great. Which was kind of sketchy to me back then. Is like, okay, they're playing good cop right now. Like, yeah, the good cop comes in. Look, just tell us everything you know, <laughs> and we'll, you know, whatever. We'll we'll blame it on your parents. Oh, okay. And then the bad cop comes in. Ah, you're guilty too, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And we know where, we know where you live, and that's what they did to some of these kids. We know where you live. You're out of here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, when the when the Titanic was shimp- was sinking, it wasn't the worst thing to the fucking seafood, the the the, the, the live seafood they had in tanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a few other things I wanted to touch on, but you know, if if we keep going, I think it'll go on forever. So if there's anything else you guys want to say, we'll. We'll do that. Um, 
yeah no we, we could do this again for another film man um mm -hmm. but yeah the, the, the i i enjoyed w watching this yeah. i recommend it i highly recommend it uh give it a 8.5 out of 10. I've been recommending it to people. Uh, I don't know if anybody other than you guys have watched it. I, I recommended it to my brother. Okay. He had already he had did, already seen it. Did you have so any they, hard time? Hard time? Any any? Were there any parts that you had a hard time following? Well, Joaquin. No, no. Actually, it was very digestible. So, yes. Okay. I agree. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Um. And you know it's also interesting to watch something like this because a lot of the stuff they talk about back then it just lets you know where where the world is as far as progress goes like ah shit they were struggling with that there right right <laughs> like not if only they if only they knew cuz what was this pre 911 it was 1990 yeah okay so, i mean look at how much the world changed after 911 but also, every single issue in that movie is still relevant, right? By the way, we should do a 9-11 episode. I think that should be interesting to release during 9-11 for us. So I actually want to read his book on 9-11. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so okay. give me some time, yeah. but I'm down. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that fucking day, uh, yeah, along with, like, the Kennedy assassination, like, that's been... Those, those have been the drastically changed the world, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and one of them we were allowed to see it. I'm sure we all remember what we were at when we found out. How old were you? But anyway, JD? I was uh 11. No, yes, 11. And Joaquin, you were a freshman. Uh, fresh. During 911. 911. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, I was I was a freshman, yeah. Okay, and I believe Phil is also is one year younger than me. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Unless you guys have more to say, I think we can we can end it there. Uh, yeah. Eight eight point five out of ten for me. What about you, JX? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna give it uh, a solid ten. Solid. Yeah. I, I I can't I can't even give a different score than that. Eight 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 point five out of ten. As far as the documentary on YouTube, actually, I give that a nine. You nine. know what I mean? Considering okay. I'll give it a nine on too. I'll give it a nine too. I I I didn't do ten because some of the stuff was like not that it was not a good film. It's just like ah damn, you know you walk out of the film experience like bummed out. But <laughs> it's it's that's the truth. The truth is you know it's not meant to be enjoyed. Uh, for me, it blew my mind. I, I'm realizing how sheltered I've been my whole life. It it blew my mind completely. So, some things or, I didn't know. Or, or naive? Uh, I don't know if I was naive because I, I think, you know, I've always been kind of like, I think it's self-righteous. A lot of my friends say that it's, you know, a bit like pretentious. Um, but I've always had the attitude where like I want to know this stuff and I want to share it and, you know, um, but but a lot of it I, I didn't know. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I, it's been very recent. Actually, after college, it's it's where I've started to kind of wake up to the things that are going on. Um, God damn it, man! You didn't learn this in college. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, college, college was the I'm beginning kidding. of it. College yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Uh, it it definitely. I mean, it's a it's a lot of stuff that I you know, I, I watch a lot of stuff. 
uh, not not necessarily on this and this and other stuff too, but it, it's uh, um, there's nothing when when something that you already know is introduced in a different in a different uh, more clear way, you know. Yeah. And that's what that's what I appreciated about this. Yeah. It's like remixing remixing a good song into a better song. It's like the I got five on it. Uh, Bay Area remix. <laughs> it's like something good and you turn it into great. So yeah. that's 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 my whole take on this. All right. Thank you guys for listening. That's been the voice party. We are out. Oh.